Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is May the 5th of 2021, and it's time for a Q&A episode with your favorite hosts of Weekly Manga Recap, Chris and Nick. Yeah, uh, and if those aren't your favorite hosts of Weekly Manga Recap, then I'm curious who is. Cause... I like Ace! Well, we all do, and you know yeah, what? Yeah. Now, now that you've yeah. now that you've proposed an alternative, I have to agree with you. I, yeah. I think yeah. my tier ranking probably would go ace, and then I don't know from there. You know, it depends on what the day's like. Um, so, yeah, I guess that solved it. Ace is the okay. ace is the best host at WMR. Yeah, I guess that uh, it's okay though. The B team is here to carry the load yeah. until they, until he uh, decides to stop by. So, yeah. we've got questions to answer. Yes, and we also have a game as well. Yeah, you told me this last minute. I, I, I didn't know about this. So. Yeah, well, uh, so the game is just, I, I think you might recall it, uh, Ninja did previously. This is, I think, back when we were still just doing emails, uh, where there are a bunch of uh, spoilers for where a series has gone to. Right. And then we have to kind of guess. It's a series we did for a recap at some point. Uh, at some point. So it'll be like, here's where it is now. Can we guess the series or whatever? Okay. I might be able to get one or two of those because there are a couple of series over the past couple of years that have actually kept up with. But, uh, yeah. Ooh la la. We'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. yeah. Looks like there's about 11 of those. So we we, 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 can, we can do this a little bit later or we can start off with those. I'll, I'll get one. All right. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I, I figure we could uh, do the questions, and maybe, maybe we can get to. Maybe we can kind of uh, sp- know, space those out. But okay, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, do what you want. Cool. Do we want? I guess we're starting with this one. Uh, asked July of last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, we haven't done a Q and A since since then. July of last year. <laughs> if you look at the question that was asked right before, that was answered right before, it, it was literally one that was put into the system the day before the the one we're answering now. So I, I don't feel as bad as like when we'd answer like uh, emails and it'd be like Happy Halloween, everybody, and be like oh, we're answering this in, in August. <laughs> we almost looped all the way around. At least there is order to uh, to the proceedings this yeah. time. Yes. All right. So uh, this question or, well, there's there, there there's one followed by the other, but these are both from Brawla. Oh, uh, we don't just... answer Brawla questions, unfortunately. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, it's, uh... let's move right on to Supernova now. <laughs> OK, well, there's two from uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't like it when uh, he's he's the imposter. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like a, a game of people you don't like as the imposters. These, these are all people who play in our, no, Bra- our the role is the Brawl as the imposter is fine because she hates being imposters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so our first question comes from Brawla saying, Hello, Nick, beyond the rules of time, and Chris Rolothrulofrang, it is your favorite lesbian again. What kind of topics, slash ideas, elements, or themes do you love to see more in fiction overall? For example, I'm really into Lovecraftian horror, and whenever I hear a certain story is about Lovecraftian horror, it always sparks my curiosity. What make what kind of topic makes you immediately curious? What do you want to see more of in stories? Uh, well, I'll say rather presumptive of you to assume that you're my favorite lesbian. Uh, I am a very big fan of Kate McKinnon, and I no, I, I actually don't like her at all. Um, so <laughs> you're like, uh, I got a name, I got a name, well, no, lesbian. Uh, I, uh, I panicked. Uh, I, 
I on the side typed in famous lesbians, and honestly, the list was harder to parse than I thought it would be initially. Uh, I'm sorry. What was the actual question again? What kind of stuff? What kind of stuff do you like to see? Oh yeah, in fiction, like well, especially I guess uh, topics that a fictional story is centered on, or themes that a story is centered on. Uh, uh, so in this particular example, Lovecraftian is used to that. There was a point in time where that was the opposite for me. Like if a story had Lovecraftian stuff in it, I like wanted to avoid it, like the plague, uh, just because it was so inundated with it everywhere. Um, mm. it's weird. I, I like the board game industry, which I've I've been following significantly more, has like I guess because it's so overwhelmingly inundated with fucking Cthulhu lore mythos that I've just reached the point where it's doubled back around to the point where I'm, I'm kosher with it again. I'm just like, yeah, bring it all in boys. Let's, let's, let's bring in as many tentacle monsters as we can. Whatever. Yeah. I've um, played a couple of those. I've played house on haunted Hill, but I've also played, I did also play a, 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 a um, Cthulhu themed board game and it was insanely complicated. So. Was it uh, Arkham horror? I don't remember. Uh, I do okay. not remember. There's a whole bunch, was. to be honest. So I don't know why I'd name that one specifically. But um, I, I'm trying to think what would be the genre. I do like mob stuff a lot. Like mm. anything that generally tends to evolve like organized crime has some level of interest to me. Um, but I, at the same time, I know I have like a lot of affinity towards just like character study stuff. Like, usually if you put out, like, hey, there's a complicated, weird character in this, uh, and in particular, they're a side character, so they're going to get one-eighth of the the actual exploration that the main character gets. I, I don't know, I attached myself to that person like a, like a bottom-feeding fish. It's just like, I'm going to suck all the nutrients out of this side character that I possibly can. No, I get that. Uh, my big thing... Um... And you don't see it show up a whole lot in uh, manga, is very specifically uh, kung fu stuff. Okay. Um, like very specifically, like martial arts in general, sure, but kung fu in particular, uh, it just is is my jam. Um, because I've got a lot of good memories of like watching Jackie Chan movies with my mom when I was a kid. Um, and then you know like. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I went and saw that in the theater when I was a kid. You were a huge uh, fan of Wulin Warriors, I recall. You've talked about them a I lot. I did not know about that <laughs> show until I, I think that we like did like an episode of Transmission Awesome together when you brought that up because uh, someone did like uh, you know remembering Toonami thing back then hmm. um, because that was when Toonami was you know dead for a few years. But uh, um, but uh, like when Raya the Last Dragon, when I saw a trailer for that, I was like, oh, my God, damn it. This is this is my jam. Like, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to see this movie. I still haven't seen the movie and I've heard it's not particularly great, but I'm waiting until, you know, it's not just available for like twenty five dollars on Disney Plus or whatever the hell, you know, uh, over the top. Yeah. Payment. It was required for it. Um, and uh, yeah, it, even though I've heard it's not a great movie, it's like, I'm going to watch it. It's just, you know, Kung Fu lore movie. So, so are, you, you, don't are, are, you, are you excited for Shang-Chi? Yes. Okay. Very, yeah. very interesting. I'm more excited for that than just about any of the other movies that were promoted in that big, here are all the Marvel films coming uh, 
thing. So, uh, but, um, I mean, like, if Shang-Chi were the movie that had been promised to us, but then were got taken away by COVID, I would be like, ah! But because it was Black Widow, I'm like, eh. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's it. And because, you know, there's a really weird relationship between China and Japan, you don't see Kung Fu a whole lot of stuff like that in manga. Um, it's, you know, it's either general martial arts or nothing. Yeah. Uh, or, like, judo specifically, so... All right. Uh, we have another question from Brawla, uh, following up from there. Uh, what do you think has changed in Shonen over the last decades, such as developments, improvements, trends, bad stuff as well? The first thing that came to my mind is female characters being allowed to be more than a love interest nowadays. Uh, while I do agree that's also a part, the first thing that, that comes to mind is a uh, shorter series. I I don't know if we're ever going to I shouldn't say ever, but I think it's much more rare nowadays to get a 20 year or so running shonen series the same way we have with series like One Piece and Kochikame and you know Naruto and all these sorts of like, you know, monolith JoJo where you're just like these things that just run forever. Um I guess in a way naruto is still kind of running too mm -hmm. but like but like i i don't think like my hero i would be surprised if in you know 2020 let's go crazy and just say 2030 if, if mm -hmm. my hero is still running i will be very very surprised yeah i would um i agree with you i think there was a thing that i saw recently which said that um the current estimate uh, not just from like Oda, but like one of his editors is that um, One Piece will probably last around five more years. But I mean, who knows? You know, I'm sure the plans could change. Uh, that's probably what I would guess how long my hero would last from here. Yeah. Like max. Um, and that'd be, you know, a good lengthy run because it'd be, you know, over a decade by that point. But uh, I agree with you. I think that uh, we're at the point where. Uh, very successful series uh, do not last as long. And at least the ones that are uber successful in Shonen Jump. Yeah. Uh, and I think that probably has more to do with the way that the anime industry works than manga. Uh, because there's like a demand for... Because there's more anime being produced now than ever. Like there was a recent thing uh, that uh, got put out that like Katakawa is going to be producing like 40 anime series a year, which is absurd third uh they been you know they were talking about the number of freelance uh artists that are going to be required in order to produce that much anime uh and when that much is being produced there is demand for more source material uh so there's demand for more new series and the stuff to keep stuff fresh so um you know, maybe eventually the pendulum will swing the other way and there will be like, OK, we need, you know, more standby stuff. So, hey, if something is you know successful, don't don't mess with it. We would like you to keep on, you know, putting that out. But yeah, right now it's it definitely seems like stuff does not last as long. Um, I, and I, I could not tell you the, the reasons behind it. I just know that that is the case. Yeah, I, I think one element that'll play into it is a lot of people seem to be greatly enjoying the fact that uh like as terms of an artist that you can create something and you aren't shackled to it for the next three decades of your life per se uh like i always forget the manga who did demon slayer but um mm -hmm. they can do whatever they want now <laughs> like they yeah. have a blank check to write whatever series they want 
and to do it on whatever kind of schedule they want because they had one monster hit and it ended in like five years, six years, something like that. Like it, it, it wasn't in jump an incredibly long time, but it's still one yeah. of their most like popular series. So I, I think it was actually less than four years. Yeah. So I mean, and like I mean, who knows how long Jutsu Kaisen might run? But that's certainly a series that's on mm-hmm. that same track right now, where it's it's crazy popular. It has an anime. Everybody loves it. If it ended in four years, it wouldn't surprise me, and it'll be plenty of time for that mangaka to create another series. So, yeah, I'm sure there are multiple factors that go into it. Uh, it might be, you know, yeah, there's a trend for artists to not want to stick with the same project, but mm. yeah. um, the thing that I would note uh, in terms of how stuff has changed, it really depends on like the time span you're looking at, honestly. Like if you're talking about how has stuff changed in the past 30 years, well, um, <laughs> <laughs> You know, like what yeah. w- One Piece has been around in that time, so there is all the stu- influence that One Piece in particular has had. Oh, breasts, that, breasts get bigger then. If we're judging by uh, yes. where One Piece was from where it started to where it is now, breasts get bigger. That's it. The current trend that I see in terms of series, it seems to be there is uh, more uh, traditional fantasy stuff, it seems like. Uh, there's a lot more. Uh, not just Western influenced, you know, sword and sorcery stuff, but of course, you know, we keep on remarking on how there are all these different exorcist series that are, that are coming out right now. And it might just be that, you know, it might just be that they seem more prolific because we, you know, see more of the manga that's out there Mm -hmm. now than ever. Um, and, uh, I think that that's also part of it is that there's kind of more of a demand for more varied series because, you know, of the different platforms that it can be placed on now as opposed to just well we put the magazine out and you know the people in japan consume it and then the really successful stuff gets picked up by the rest of the world eventually yeah but that's some very general stuff so yeah i'm sure there's even more stuff you could even throw Mm. out there of just like you know hyper minor ones and things like that but I, i think all that stuff is very fluid as well what is a frequent thing these past three years may not be the case the next three years going forward or whatever. I, you know, it changes every, yeah. every kind of year to these sorts of things. Three years from now, it's just like, what happened to all the exorcist series? There's just none anymore. <laughs> right, guys, we haven't had an exorcist or a spy series in like years. And we're like, well, Ayakashi's triangle is still around. It's like, yeah, but it's just boobs on every page. There's no <laughs> Ayakashi or anything. <laughs> they stopped fighting monsters years ago. Now every page is just softcore porn. Now every page is just Suzu just shouting in Matsuri's face, fuck me, and he never does, and that's kind of it in every chapter. (laughs) (laughs) I really regret buying the volumes. (laughs) All right, next question. Uh, All right, so we got a couple questions from Supernova RX. Hello, my ruler of Uno and Rolo T Blaster Puma. It is I, Supernova, back again to ask you guys the question of what kind of monsters would you like to see become an archetype for me, the M warrior monsters? Uh, I'm assuming this is a Yu-Gi-Oh question. I didn't read any of these questions beforehand. Oh, I didn't just say a slur, did I? <laughs> okay. M warrior number one and number two are fucking goober cards. That's all. M warrior Yu-Gi-Oh. They do look cool, but they're goober. Columns. Oh, yeah. I remember those guys. Um, 
Well, I, I'll let you take the lead on this because I'm not even sure what stuff don't have archetypes. Oh, man. So, uh, uh, I know a little bit of this. Okay, so let me think. Because there's a lot of stuff that has gotten archetypes that you wouldn't think of anymore. Like Buster Blader became an archetype recently. Like an entire archetype. Um, yeah. Uh, what kind of monsters would you like to see become an archetype? I loved if they would bring back the Dark Scorpions and made them an actual archetype as opposed to five different monsters with two support cars and that's it. Um, because I really I really liked the Dark Scorpions when I was uh, really young. Um, <laughs> and uh, they were dog shit, but I loved playing them. Uh, so favoritism at work. Okay. What, what's, what's the matter, Chris? Well, I, I'll, I'll get to it in a second. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I hope it's unrelated. Um, no, so. no, it's unrelated. Um, if you want me to like name some more obscure stuff, uh, honestly, the, um, the way the arc five anime starts is by having a guy, um, as the first like opponent that Yuma faces, not Yuma, Yuya, sorry, uh, use a battle guard archetype, uh, like, you know, from, uh, swamp and lava battle guard. And uh, that would be something that I think would actually be interesting to see, like, done properly. Mm. But, you know, he plays, like, five cards in the entire duel. So you don't even really get a proper look at, you know, what that archetype would look like. Um, I'd also like to see... Um, so there's that one one-off opponent uh, in 5Ds who uses uh, scrap monsters... Uh, it's like an entire archetype that's based off of the trap card Scrap Iron Scarecrow that Yusei uses all the time, but it's like, you know, a little scrap family, and uh, I think it would be fun to see an actual proper scrap, scrap archetype. I think that, not not like the freaking um, god, what were they called? There's like a different archetype that was introduced too, that I think is also called scrap, <laughs> which is, makes the entire thing very confusing. Like there's like scrap dragon or something like that, but not that, not that one. I can't remember what it's called. It might be scrap, but I'm thinking, but you know, junk, junk. That was it. There's like, he's got a proper whole junk deck, um, which is akin to like the junk monsters that you say uses, but also completely different from them. Uh, and in general, like the junk monsters are just like junk synchron and then a bunch of synchros that are built off of junk synchron. And I would like more than that. Um, so there's just a couple of little bits there. I could, if I really wanted to delve into all of my, uh, fan made original content, do not steal dual monsters cars that I made way down as a teenager, uh, and bring out some ideas from there. But, uh, I'll just, I was uh, going to say we could invent cards to be like, I, I would like the, the, uh, Larios, uh, tribe to get more support, like 400 cards that all have my face well, on I did do that. royalty. I did do that, but I did also just like make up cards that were, you know, made to support actual existing cards. Mm. So because I thought that they were cool, but they were impossible to play. So, <laughs> so uh, I looked up a card that I really, really liked back in the day and found out, I guess it kind of has an archetype, except it doesn't seem like it really has any real support in any way, shape or form, uh, which is uh, I really, really liked uh, Barrel Dragon. And there is a yeah, quasi-archetype yeah. called the Gun Dragons. <laughs> yeah. And what makes me what made me laugh is I started looking up some of the art for them. 
And I was like, oh, Desperado, Barrel Dragon looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Gadling Dragon's a little goofy, but whatever. Yeah. But then there's one called Blowback Dragon. And it's just a, a fucking, it's, it's just, just a, a handgun with legs. <laughs> and you just, you can see with the way it's shaped that every time it fires, it has to lose all level of support and balance. And yeah, I just started it probably thinking, swings backwards on its legs and stuff. I just started thinking, what a hellish existence it would have to be to be that card. Thank God it's a robot. Yeah, I, I, I also really just loved it. I was like, this is exactly what I, you know, would think in my head when I was five years old. And someone told me, like, oh, it's a gun dragon. Like, oh, what? You just take a, dra- a gun and you stapled robot legs onto it or something like that? Like, yeah, it's a gun dragon now. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, they did eventually make an archetype out of that. Kind of, yes. Yeah, so they, I, I guess there's not really support between them, but they all just basically use coin flipping effects to destroy things to some fashion. Yeah, that's what. That's the most frustrating part was when it's like, well, there's a set of monsters. Well, can you use them together? No, because they have no support. <laughs> all right, well, fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like them aesthetically, so I guess that would be uh, what I would say. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, second question. As for the zany kind of question I normally give you guys, here we go. You both get stuck in an anime slash manga world with your least favorite characters and tropes, and the only way out is finding a magic door somewhere in the world. How do you two survive and find your way to the exit? Well, if we're with the our least favorite characters, then we kill them for meat and warmth. Um and uh, when we come across all the monsters that they would have been helpful for uh, uh, helping us fight against, then we blame them for us landing in this situation. And then we die angry. That's one solution. I have an alternate suggestion. Uh, it's okay. it's pretty unfortunate. We did do a list recently. We talked about our most hated manga characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number one, I believe, was Urza, which is unfortunate. Uh, but I, I, I think all she's going to do is take her shirt off and... <laughs> Beat everyone. <laughs> Beat everyone, and then I don't know, fucking, fucking start mooing like a cow or whatever weird fetish she's written. Yeah, demand every demand everyone strip and make out with yeah. their romantic partners. Yeah. But we have to escape, and the the thing could be anywhere. Now I'm gonna go off of the idea of the original Kingdom Hearts franchise, where there's a magic keyhole in every world, and if you find it, it's like the heart of the world and it could destroy everything. So all of them were in pretty like iconic locations. Like the Aladdin one was like in the heart of the the the, the cave of wonders and shit like that. Uh, except for Hercules World, where the keyhole was in the fucking lobby of the Colosseum, and there was just a rock in front of it, <laughs> and all you had to do was just push the rock just a little bit, and suddenly you could destroy fucking everything. So I'm hoping it's on the same level as that, where I'm like gonna look inside the fucking fairy tale guild headquarters. I'm like, hey, what's that big rock over there? And I just push it slightly. Because again, this is about the level of writing I feel like Hero would have for his internal universe. And uh, boom, I'm out of there. All right, awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to his next question from Arcus. Good day, Y ruler of blue eyes and Rolo eyes B dragon. Arcus Rhapsode here, formerly known as the Great Rhapsode. When 2020 started, I decided that this decade I would truly commit to changing up my life, starting with some of my cringy screen names. Unfortunately, things have taken quite an unexpected turn for us all this 2020. So my question for you is, was there ever something you were looking forward to, but circumstances out of your control unfortunately forced you to change your plans? 
Yes. Wait, did something happen in 2020? Yes. Oh. That um, uh, that person who stabbed your arm uh, was not doing it just for fun. Oh, I, was, I thought it was weird. They were like, you got to come here and get stabbed. I'm like, I, I guess. All right. If my television <laughs> tells me to do it. Uh, uh, you're just programmed, Chris. You know, uh, like you're just indoctrinated. It's really unfortunate to see that you'll just do anything that people tell you to. And it's not like you'll, you know, get, you know, terminal uh, disease or have long damage for the rest of your life. No, it's just that uh, you're a puppet and uh, you'll do whatever anyone tells you to. Even if that was the case, if I still got 5G with it, I'd have to consider it because, you know, right, always want right. to be I always want to be on the front end of the technology swings, you know, yeah, that's that what way. I've always said about you. <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's what I've always been known for. My aptitude for knowing the best and latest technologies. <laughs> I had to get into a Zoom meeting the other day and it took me 25 minutes. I was like, I don't know what this is. Why aren't you Skype? <laughs> uh I think everybody kind of has some stuff they were looking forward to in 2020. I, I will kind of selfishly say that I think I probably was better off than a lot of people in that I didn't have many concrete plans and the things that I mm. I ended up filling the spots with ended up kind of being better than what I probably would have done otherwise. Like I, That's how I ended up getting really into the board game hobby and meet up with a lot of people and doing that and it also got me out of things that i probably wouldn't have wanted to keep doing forever like uh you know hosting trivia and things like that so there's some stuff that i'm like oh you know i did lose out on those and, and things of that nature but you know i think for the most part i, I kind of can look at a lot of it and be like yeah i don't know how radically different my life would have been if, if 2020 had just been a, a regular mm. normal year uh, I'll share a little bit of a story. I, I can't share all of it because it's got, it's uh, wrapped up in personal details and stuff. Uh, but I was going to, uh, meet up with some friends, uh, that, uh, I had only ever known long distance. Um, uh, but I, I've known them like longer than I've known you, Chris. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, we, uh, had an opportunity because, uh, they were all, uh, living in Florida together. Uh, for the first time, like uh, one of them uh, over the time that I had known them, two of them like uh, 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 basically became permanent roommates. And uh, a third uh, uh, had uh, become their third roommate very, more recently. And so it was like, oh, hey, well, you're all in, in Florida. I could, you know, uh, drive over and uh, and meet you guys finally. Um, but uh, then COVID happened. And uh, so it was like, all right. You know, this is probably a bad idea. I'm not going to do this. Um, so uh, we'll do it some other time. And then the one more recent roommate had a falling out with the other two mm. over some bad stuff, you know, big roommate disagreement kind of stuff. And uh, they don't talk to each other anymore. Uh, the third was, you know, basically kicked out, went back to uh, their original state and uh, so I can never have an in-person meeting with the three of them together ever again, basically, uh, after I had finally had the opportunity to have one after more than a decade of knowing them all. So there you go. <laughs> ah, and I'm, bummer. again, I'm not I, I, I'm telling that story clumsily because I'm deliberately omitting as many details as I can <laughs> for the sake of uh, protecting all of them. But uh, yeah. 
So that was probably the worst thing that came out of COVID for me. But uh, yeah. All right. Um, got a question here from Gstala89 says, greetings. Why ruler Rolo time? Yeah, combine two of us. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a two-parter. Are there series that you have picked up reading after initially covering them as a recommendation on the show? And was there ever consideration for adding them to the recap if you if they were slash are ongoing, similar to Act Age and Chainsaw Man? Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yes. I will say I probably read less than Nick just because I tend to be a creature of habit. So if it's not mm-hmm. immediately easy for me to continue reading it, I'm just like... Ah! get around to it eventually um and then who knows when that'll happen um but to the second part um i would say it's significantly where unless it's a jump series yeah. um there's a couple series i guess we've done that have been like simul published in other places but i mean i don't think outside of uh what was it um for horsemen of the apocalypse or whatever Fortnite's mm-hmm. the apocalypse rather i don't think there's anything that's really come up that we've been like hey do you ever want to add this to the recap because again it's it's just not really a, a known quantity between nick and i who's actually like reading these series still like like for example uh meruko chan i think we both really liked it uh mm-hmm. i still catch up on it every so often i don't know if nick does or not um and unless we communicated that to some point to each other, there'd be no chance of it getting like added to the recap because you just generally like, I don't want to assume like, hey, I like this thing outside the series. Do you want to catch up on all of it or whatever? And <laughs> I'll be holding you to it. The last time I tried to read Miracle Chan, it hadn't updated since we so <laughs> <laughs> I checked it out too soon because it's on a re- weird update schedule. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's stuff. Yeah, that that tends to be the general problem. Um. I have kept up with a couple of series on my own that uh, we've covered for the show. I did read uh, Tomo-chan while it was still running, and it's since uh, finished up. But that was something that I would like uh, catch up on occasionally. Um, The one series that we've read that we read for a recommendation that I actually actively keep up with is Nagatoro because it's just funny and I enjoy the silly art the uh, more silly artwork moments. Of course that got picked up for an anime series and it's uh, a little bit hornier than the original manga <laughs> material, which is like, Oh God damn it. But Hey, you gotta do something. You gotta do something. You gotta, you know, uh, you gotta decide what everyone who read the series and liked it, liked about it. And apparently that is naked ladies. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also, I've been, I've been slowly catching up on, uh, Komi san can't communicate. And, uh, I, I don't remember how far we got into it when we initially read it. Um, but I've reached a point far enough to say that, uh, it's about, it's about the same. It doesn't really, it's a, it's a pretty steady series. <laughs> going forward if you read the first few volumes you don't really need to check in too much on anything else for a while (laughs) all right then (laughs) okay uh and uh, as as for uh consideration for adding stuff to the recap yeah i mean you basically covered it um the other thing is like yeah occasionally we'll just be like well maybe we should change up the lineup and then you know that happens so (laughs) sometimes it'd be like that Yep. Okay. Next is from uh, another question from Arcus. Uh, Dear the incredible Nick Freeman and Planet Chris Larios. I think the idea is that in both 
they replaced Hulk. I'm assuming it's Planet Hulk. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Recently, I've been reading the amazing Marvel comic series Immortal Hulk, which I highly recommend. The story takes the established character of Hulk and puts him through the through a dark yet fresh new series, focusing on themes uncommon to the Hulk character. Uh, is there any series that you have recapped that you think could undergo a similar soft thematic reboot treatment of focusing on uncommon elements and themes? Oh boy, that's oof. I feel like you could very easily. I mean, we've even talked about how it, it it occasionally flirts with it, but Eden Zero does seem like a universe that's pretty ripe for some social commentary. That's not just robots are good, friends are awesome. Period. Like, there's mm-hmm. quite a lot of like intricacies going on with the universe that definitely feels like they could go under some kind of lens of uh, you know examination, but. At the same time, the people who are there are mostly just like, I just want to see the sheep, the, the good guy punch the people. That's all. I, I'm, all I'm not here for anything deeper. <laughs> right. Um, some of the st- some stuff that we've previously covered, I think, falls under this uh, umbrella. Like, uh, I feel like we talked about all the time when we were talking about the last Sayuki is like, oh, man, if this 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 series could just like pick one side of this and stick to it because it's really trying to strike the balance between just horror and very generic shonen battle. And it's kind of leaning a little bit more towards one than the other. And it's a little inconsistent. If And we were like, if this can actually properly incorporate more horror stuff, then it'd probably be a lot better. Um, so there's that, but you know, um, chainsaw man did it anyway, I guess. So. <laughs> Uh, I think we also talked about um, when we covered, uh, oh gosh, what was it called? Zombie powder. Uh, we talked about how um, the horror elements in that uh, tended to occasionally pop up in Bleach. And, uh, you know, if maybe it had focused more on that, then it might have been a more interesting series. Um, Food Wars, if, you know, uh, it had not gone into having just multiple super villains trying to rule the world with food uh, story arcs in a row, uh, then that could have been fun. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's various bits here and there that are mostly just like, well do this, but completely differently. So <laughs> yeah, I could see it. All right. Uh, and there's a second question okay. here from Arcus. Uh, also on the topic of Western superheroes and My Hero Academia, Horikoshi likes to do advertisements brought to you by superheroes in the back of the collected volumes. What do you think the main characters or funniest characters from other manga series you recap would be like as superheroes in the My Hero universe? And what do you think Horikoshi would have them advertise on the back of volume covers? I'm not sure Luffy would be a hero. Um, <laughs> I mean, he would help people, but he would not go through all the rigmarole of getting registered and stuff like that because that's not being free. Um, I, I believe he would dress up like a like a, like a Sentai Ranger or something like that. Like he he would be whatever oh, sure. like a five year old would think is cool, and he would punch people. But that's I mean that's the extent of it. And the only thing he'd advertise is just meat, not like a meat company. Yeah. But he would just have a big fucking drum leg, and he'd just be like meat. <laughs> yeah, and like, he. Do you cook it first or? <laughs> nope, I get salmonella and pass out for an hour and then I'm back. <laughs> um, and whenever they do it to advertisements with him, uh, they would be like, all right, so you hold this turkey like uh, you've already eaten it. <laughs> and they would have to you know, find a way to shoot the shots of him while he's 
in the middle of eating it so that you know you they can actually advertise the product. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those fun things. Yeah. There's a quick example. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Uh so rather than jump right into the next email, do we want to play Ninja's game? Oh sure. Yeah, that sounds like a fun idea. Alright. Uh so again, this is this is the idea. We're gonna read a spoiler. Uh there's a hint if we need it, and then we're gonna try to guess which series uh, it's based off on, and then we go back, and Ninja has a couple questions for us. Uh, so, the first spoiler here, there are 11 of these, I believe, yes. Right, right, you said that. So, the first spoiler is, the protagonist loses in the final battle and dies of his injuries, though he and several others are later revived through the use of cloning and brainwashing. What? <laughs> uh, hmm. Hold on, let me... Let me pull up the list of series we've covered. Okay. Hang on. All right. Uh, do, well, do you do you want the hint? Uh yes. Okay. The first part happens at the end of the first series during the climax of a big tournament. The latter part of the spoiler takes place within a sequel series. Okay. Tournament. The only one I can think of that has a tournament would be what, what Kengen Ashura. That's the one that popped into my head. Or, fuck, uh, what was... I guess Batum is a tournament. In a way, yeah. And it was dumb enough that you could have started cloning people. Well, hold on. I, I feel like there's another series I'm trying to think of, though. I'm sure that there's been other tournament arcs that we've covered. We've been doing this podcast for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> to the T, actually. Um, there can't be... There can't have only been two tournament arcs. I'm just trying to... There's a specific series I'm trying to remember the name of. And I'm blanking on it. Uh, no, it felt like it was an early series that we read. I'm I'm only thinking of it because I remember it had a sequel, and I cannot remember the name of the series. So I'm trying to go down our list to see if it'll pop up. What kind of stuff was in it? It was a battle series. I, I, I okay. legitimately, I do not know if I can say anything beyond that. Um, uh, Holy Land. No, uh, no I, I don't know. I want to say the word wave was in there somewhere. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm blank. It was like real early on in the recap is when we, like when we started doing the shows when we talked about it, but I don't even. Uh, I can't even remember off the top of my head when it might have been. Okay. All right, I'm just going to have to go with Kengan Ashura then, because that's um, the other one I was trying to think of. Okay. Uh, well, we've we've made our guesses then. So. What'd you say? Uh, I forget what the one Batum? that I... Batum was the other one that I suggested, yes. So. Okay. Uh, it is Kengan Ashura and Kengan okay. Omega. Uh, now, Ninja included context. Also, this was uh, the above credit to Lucas. Uh, or Lucuis. I don't know how to pronounce that, actually. Uh, there's context that's provided. I, I, I'm going to opt to ignore reading it because I'm kind of enchanted by the mystery of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Email's uh, there. You can always check it out if you want. Uh, spoiler 2. Two of the main protagonists are human and a non-human at the end of the series. It is revealed that which character is which is in fact the opposite. I... Okay. 
Hold on. So there's a human and an animal or a human and a non-human. So I guess that could even be like, oh, you're uh, a fucking a, a demon or whatever. And at the end of it, it's like, who's the real demon? Man. Hmm. Do you want the hint? I don't think they would have done that one. Yes. Uh. Apparently, I really wanted this to be an answer during the last quiz. It's a bad hint because you know oh, I okay. didn't remember it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So that's uh, not going to help at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, maybe it is. God, I really don't think that that would have been. Uh... Oh God, what was the name of that one that was like? Oh, was it like Circle of Eden? It wasn't that Cage of Eden. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, the one that uh, where there was like the multiple lives that were lived through and stuff. Uh, that could have been something we read at one point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, oh, God. I'm literally scrolling through the list of stuff that we've. I know I, I'm doing the, the same guy, thing yes. and I'm just trying to find what it might have been. I'm trying to think what was the name. What if it's. No, no, because Ajin didn't end. So that's still ongoing. It can't be that. Okay. What was the name of that stupid series where the kid walked around with a bunch of animal people? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Nick, why don't I remember anything? <laughs> I don't know. All, just, I only have like a vague flash of these things that I dedicated days of my life to. <laughs> we've read too much manga <laughs> we've read too much manga <laughs> uh, I well so I don't like waste all of our time looking through here going for it uh, I'm going to say oh by the way The Breaker that was a series I was trying to think about before wasn't there a sequel okay. to The Breaker I don't know All right, regardless know. that satisfied one thing uh, I'll say, uh, no, that ended, um, fuck it. I'm just going to save us some time. Uh, Kaicho wa made Sama. I don't think that you're correct, <laughs> but all right. Uh, 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 um, 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 uh, Shishuki no Iron Maiden. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, the answer was Pandora Hearts. <laughs> oh, you Hold on. Apparently, I really wanted it to be. I must have latched on to the word, like, the series Pandora Hearts when scoring through. I'm like, wouldn't it be great if it was, like, an old-ass series we covered, like, Pandora Hearts that I remember zero things about now? All right. So, in my defense, which is not a defense at all, I don't remember anything about Pandora Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, apparently, you know, and again, I think it's better to not have the context. All right. Series three, uh, the protagonist ends the series teased to end up in a relationship, but their eventual love interest is not one of the ones you'd expect. I mean, that could be any series that we've read that had a romantic element to it. Uh, well, the hint doesn't help too much because the hint is just Nick got farther into the series than Chris. Uh, both during and after the review, so you're more likely to know this one. Well, it's not Tomo-chan. 
because she did end up with her love interest. Uh-huh. Um, got further than Chris in the review and afterwards. I'll leave it for you because I, I just read which one it was because I was like, if I didn't read that far to begin with, am I ever probably going to get this? Uh, I'll re- the protagonist ends the series teased to end up in a relationship. But their eventual love interest is not one of the ones you'd expect. So it has to be a harem manga of some kind. Eventual love interest. Eventual love interest. Eventual. Okay. Oh, the world God only knows. That's right. There you go. On the board. Because I actually remember that plot element. Yeah. All right. Awesome. I got one. There There we go. There you go. You're on the board. Uh, That's one that I actually feel like I should go back and read eventually, but it's, it's a lot of manga to get through. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, spoiler four: A chapter involves the main couple having a relationship upgrade via sex. I'm fairly positive I actually things. know this one. That could be a lot of things, honestly. <laughs> all right. Do Do you want the hit? The I hint. I want the hint so badly. All right. Uh, I will because I wanna I wanna challenge myself. I'm going to uh, don't look at your Skype, Nick. I'm going to send you what I believe the the series is. Okay, so I can verify afterward. Yeah. So I, I I'll send it over here, and then here is the the hint. There are two acceptable answers, but they're not the answers from the intentionally similar spoiler in the last quiz. I don't know what that even means. <laughs> Read that back to me, please. There are two acceptable answers, but they're not the answers from the intentionally similar spoiler from the last quiz, which was Tokyo Ghoul or Sunken Rock. Oh, okay. All right. So there are two acceptable answers, but not those two answers not because this is a plot element that has come up in multiple series that we've read. Yes. Because sex, in order to indicate that they're a romantic couple, is a trope. Got yeah. it. All right. <laughs> I, I understand now. Okay. So... <laughs> That helped in the sense that we now know it's not Sunken Rock or Tokyo Ghoul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, romantic. Da, da, da. They have sex, so they're so their relationship upgrades basically. All right. Um, <laughs> Tower of God. <laughs> Um, that is not one of the two All that right. are that are in there. Uh, the first series is Bloom Into You, which I guess that that chapter came out pretty soon after we discussed yeah, that it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But the series that I guess was Kaguya-sama Love Is War, and that's the other one. And I only they remember have that sex. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I I remember hearing around the time we were discussing the chapter, a bunch of people were like, because I, I made some joke about like, why don't they just fuck already? And everyone in the chat was like, ooh, they did. But they're so pure and innocent. <laughs> they're horny teenagers, Nick. Every teenager's horny. It's just a fact. And uh, yes, uh, he, he, he did put it in the in the Skype chat. Yeah. So that's a correct guess for you. That's one for each of us. All right. All I right. Think that we can, I think that we can feel proud of ourselves now. You know, I played a game of Blood Bowl recently and I lost 3-1, but that one I got felt pretty pretty good. Even if it literally was on the last play of the game yeah. when nothing mattered, I was just like, hey, didn't get shut out. I'm awesome. <laughs> Uh, I mostly understand what that means. 
It's a, it's basically football, but with werewolves. I know. But <laughs> All right. Uh, spoiler five. A time travel arc allows the protagonist to witness their own birth, which caused a worldwide catastrophe, and gives some onigiri to their adoptive dad on the way back to the present, which ends up relating to the arc's ending. There's so much going on there. There's time that travel. Sounds... Okay. Time travel. So they see their own birth. Then they give onigiri to their own father, which then comes back at the conclusion of the arc that this happens in. Okay. Do you want the hint? Yes. <laughs> uh, these hints are fucking garbage. Our hero has a sibling, Nick. Oh, I'm, all right, all right, fine. Um, Does that help you? <laughs> Certainly doesn't help me narrow it down. It narrows at all. it down a little bit. All right, not much, but uh, okay. So we we canceled that. Um, time travel. I should I I, I should note uh, this is also also gives credit to Bob Sack one hundred. Okay, uh, this this gives credit to Mandela by the way uh, for this. Uh, no, unfortunately, uh, the answer was Blue Exorcist. Okay. Well, that was... I, uh, all right. Fair enough. That's, 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 that's... <laughs> I mean, there's only so much we can do, right? <laughs> I, I do remember, yes. Uh, he has a brother, too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, spoiler 6. There is a dark secret behind the series premise, and not only is everyone but the protagonist aware of this, but one of the main characters is committed to seeing it through. Okay. So the premise of the series has a dark secret, secret behind it. Everyone but the protagonist knew about it. One of the characters is actually specifically allowing it to happen. Okay. Uh. Ooh. Uh. So, I'll, uh, do you want the hint? Give me a minute, but go okay. ahead. Well, uh, you were going to say something else. No, I. I that's I. There, there's there's two series I'm thinking of, and I can't remember if either of them are already done. I know that there's like a thing that like Claymore turns out has like a, a much kind of more diabolical thing than what was initially kind of presented to us at the beginning which is still pretty weird because it was about monsters killing everybody but i remember yeah. there was like it was like a more like oh actually the world this is just an experiment for the rest of the world or something along those lines um okay. and the rest of the world's kind of fine or something along those lines and I, to why i understand there's something vaguely similar to that in attack on titan but I don't know if either of those are the ones they're referencing, yeah. or if those are, or if those twists had already happened. Because Claymore ended a long time ago, so Claymore, I don't it think did, would, yeah. I don't think Claymore would have been on this list in that way. I don't think that it's Attack on Titan because it's more than just Aaron who uh, is, you know, aware of who is unaware rather of the secret of what's going on. So I don't think that's it. Mm. Um. Okay. Let's let's go over the hint. The premise involves a choice that needs to be made by the ignorant party. But the premise involves a choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sophie's choice, the manga, Nick. I'm going to lock that answer in. Wait. Oh, no. It's a harem series, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go the darkest one I can possibly think of and say, and say Umi no Misaki. 
Yeah, Umi no Misaki is the answer. Yes! <laughs> Uh, so there's a dark reason behind why he's, which girl he's going to bang? <laughs> uh, do you actually want the context for this one? I'm never going to read it, so I might as well. <laughs> the dark, the dragon god ritual involves the chosen mer- maiden committing murder-suicide on the dragon god in oh order to free god. their spirit. And perfect girl Suzuku plans to go through with it, though it's later revealed that she was planning on it and uh, just ending up as suicide to spare Nagi. <laughs> That's all that's makes that series <laughs> even worse. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> all right. So uh, this one is number seven and credit goes to Eltheon 22. Uh, oops. The entire scope of the conflict as we know it is in fact taking place on an island that is being manipulated by the real power on a nearby continent. Okay, so I, um, I think this one is Attack on Titan. <laughs> um, this sounds like the twist I remember hearing at some point. I think that you're actually correct. I know that there's like something involving like uh, another continent and a conflict between the continents and stuff. So you might be correct. Yeah, the hint says this dark monthly shonen series has the main character use the powers of the monsters they're fighting against. So yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna yeah, say yeah, attack on Titan. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> were, were we were we duped? Uh, well, no. So this, the answer is Claymore. They had also Attack on Titan. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. So put those points on the board then. Yeah. Uh, spoiler eight. The closest ally of the protagonist is revealed to have been a spy for the major antagonist the entire time. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> What's the answer? Oh, we never, we never read Get Backers. Uh, we both like the close ally. Oh, no. Uh, that means we're going to feel betrayed. <laughs> I probably won't remember them. <laughs> uh, probably not. All right. So an ally is actually a spy and we liked the ally. Ooh, I have an answer for it. Okay. I, I want to I lock in Regis. I'm going to say Black Butler, final answer. And I'm going to turn my key and lock it in. I don't remember when that, that series might have ended. I don't, I don't remember. But it sounds like something we would have had uh, found out about. I mean, I guess that could make sense. I don't know. I've, I mean, there there were some really big twists in that that uh, that I brief that I briefly went over when we covered that, and I didn't read any further past that, so it would not surprise me uh, if that were the case. Uh, I do know that we re- we liked some characters, but I don't remember which particular ones. Um, let's see. So we liked the ally character, and it turns out that they're a spy. Uh, oh gosh, I am flipping through this list trying to see if anything sparks. You don't, you don't want to just piggyback on my great answer. Oh, I, I, Black I, Butler? I question mark. I well, I I legitimately don't think you're correct. I probably uh, am not, but because I don't remember us gushing about any particular character. I mean, uh, but couldn't we have also have just said something like, "Oh yeah, I remember like the cooking the the cook dude who doesn't know how to cook." It's pretty, pretty <laughs> right. it's pretty great. <laughs> oh god. 
so there's got to be some sort of a conflict in it. Oh, man. This is annoying. Uh, I've got I've got to finish this. I can't do, take too much time on this. I, I, oh, the stress is getting to me. The stress is getting to me. <laughs> breathe, Nick. Breathe. Do you do you want me to because I've read the answer at this point. Do you want me to give you a hint? Go ahead. Uh your th- conflict is uh, a term to not be escalated too high, if you get what I mean. So it's probably like there's some sort of they're like part of a school club or something like that. Yeah. Like don't 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 think of this as just like, oh my god, uh Shinon Gyonse or something like that. Like, no, it's right, it's, right, it's, right. it's this is smaller in scale. Smaller in scale. Oh. Welcome to the ballroom. I don't know. No. Uh, Kaguya-sama. It turns out uh, the maid girl has actually been working for the dad all along, I guess. Or the oldest brother, apparently. I did like her a lot, so. Yeah. yeah. Now she's fucking dead to me. Uh, I'm sure that in the context of of it, we would be like, oh, poor her or something like that. So (laughs) Whatever. Spoiler nine, this series becomes a full-on battle series. Madaka box, that's not a spoiler. <laughs> uh, it just says, uh, the hit just says the seeds of this turd were set during the part that we covered. I'm guessing Beastars. Um, I'll go along with that. I don't remember what Beastars was by the end. I didn't read all of the conclusion of Beastars, but I did kind of like skip around it uh, and I've read the ending. And I know that like the final arc was not particularly well thought of, but I think that it becomes more like, you know, the conclusion of that first arc where like Legoshi's got, got to fight someone in each of the arcs, basically. Yeah, uh, that is not correct, or at least not the answer that Ninja is looking for. The answer was Magical Girl Apocalypse, a.k.a. Maha Sojo of the End. That wasn't a battle series? I mean, uh, I guess it was more horror. But... I was going to say, I guess it became more of a full-on battle series after that. All right. Uh, ten, uh, a random and unimportant character introduces a gag early on, turns out to be crucially important to the plot, despite being dead the whole time. <laughs> despite being dead the whole time? Well, the whole time, apparently. The whole time, and they're introduced as a gag. What's the hint? <laughs> if Chris had bought the volume he mentioned seeing at Target during the review, he might have read this plot point as there were a lot more officially released chapters available than covered during the review. Well, now I'm confused. I didn't even realize Target sold manga. <laughs> well, didn't you talk about seeing Black Butler at the store? Uh, I, I talked about our store at the mall getting Black Butler merchandise, but mm. never actual volumes. Okay. This is also, by the way, credit to Eltheon 22. Um, hmm. It could be Black Butler. I just, I don't know if, well, I mean, that, that series does have a weird sense of humor, so they might've introduced a dead character for a gag at one point, but I don't particularly remember it. Uh, Bought the volume. Hold on, let me let me look through this list again real quick here, because it would have had to have been 
a relatively recent series. Um, I don't think they had Girlsaurus there. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, no, we, we read all the Pokemon chapters that we've discussed. Um, hmm. Is it, is it Blue Exorcist again? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going too far back at this point. It has to be a more recent series. Um, Basilisk Real Ninjas. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, Fuck it. Um, it, it. I'm just gonna say Mob Psycho. Like I, I can't think of anything else. Or no, I'm gonna say B Stars. Uh, B Stars is a character who's been dead and hanging around the whole time. Um, I'm going to throw it a bit more of a wild guess and say Dead Mount Death Play. Yeah, you're right. Actually, Dead Mount Death nice. Play. <laughs> Um, the spirit corpse god puts into the pen to help him find a uh, fake being a fortune teller is Hisorgi, former police inspector who was killed for investigating, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh, it sounds about right. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, and then this is the last one, uh, from Jelly Elfson. Uh, the big bad of the series is killed by the protagonist's love interest because the big bad is the protagonist attempting genocide in order to force her to do so. Part of manipulating events to show a powerful being this death in order to convince it to do what he needs to do in order to achieve his ultimate goal. That sounds a lot like the ending of Attack on Titan. Um... Well, so the hint just says this development was met with, met with relatively large amounts of negativity compared to the overall opinion on the series to that point. It's probably Attack on Titan. The big bad of the series is killed by the protagonist's love interest. Because the, because because the big, big bad, bad is the protagonist. Yeah. The big bad is the protagonist attempting genocide in order to force yeah. her to do so. I, re I read the last chapter of Attack on Titan. Uh, and that's basically what happened. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, just so I don't match didn't, up, with... I didn't read the context of it, so I was like, I don't really understand all this stuff that's going on. But Mikasa did just cut off Aaron's head and kill him. So, <gasps> uh, well, just to uh, play it differently, I'm gonna say Girl Saurus. Uh, the answer is Attack on Titan. So there you go. Nick Nick comes away with the big victory. Yeah, that's a little bit. I kind of, I kind of cheated, but um, not like on purpose. <laughs> uh, so Ninja says, uh, reading of of the below spoilers, which did we find the most and least surprising? Well, a couple of them we had actually either heard about them or directly read them. So I guess those would say those are the least shocking. Um, Ominomisaki is probably the most is probably the most shocking because it was like, wait, really? <laughs> there was, there was uh, a <laughs> which do we find the most and least intriguing uh most intriguing i it, it was mostly the notion of which one was the human and non-human because that's such an excellent way to phrase that question because i was literally thinking any series where there's like demons or yokai or whatever i'm just like fuck that could be any god that could have been bleach like it's so I've easy already, i've already forgotten which series that was 
Pandora hearts or something like yeah. that. It makes there me want to go. I don't care about that at all. <laughs> but, and this is partially because you put in two different Kaguya answers. It did remind me, I was like, right, I should actually read the rest of that. <laughs> I kept on saying, like, yeah, I want to read the rest of this. And it was like, oh, I should read the rest of this. <laughs> Uh, and assuming the laws of space and time were twisted so that you would be able to read any of these parts of the series when they were recommended, which one, if any, would you have wanted to have talked about during their episode? Probably Umi no Misaki, honestly, because then at least we could have, like, had the full context of all this stuff. Because, uh, like, I imagine, and I'm not going to check it out now uh, to verify this, because Umi no Misaki is so shit. Um, but it was probably similar to... So there's a series that we haven't read um, called Ah My Goddess, which is an incredibly influential. Um, I'm not even sure if it's quite a harem series, but it's, you know, a romantic comedy shown in series with, you know, fan service and stuff that is considered very influential for, you know, uh, stuff along the lines of like to love Rue and the stuff that's come after it. Uh, and there eventually was a twist some, it was a fair amount of time ago now. I think it was at least in the first half of the 2010s where, where it's revealed that the protagonist had been fucked with so that he would never actually pursue any of his love interests, thereby continuing the dynamic of, well, there's all these sexy women, but he'll never go after any of them that, you know, the series is sold on. So, and there was like some weird dark purpose behind it so you know when that happens it's like okay well now that you know the context of it then that kind of changes your reading of the series as opposed to if you've been reading it through a certain through to a certain point like we did with umi no misaki and so it would have been interesting to talk about the series with that knowledge mm-hmm. of what the whole was similar to how because i read all of the end of Usagi drop, it completely changed my opinion of the entire series. So not necessarily for the sake of, oh, well, it would have been, you know, better or worse or anything like that, but we'll never know what it would have been like if we had talked about Uino Usagi with that knowledge in mind as compared to how we did talk about it. It seems like it would have made the biggest difference is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I should probably read Black Exorcist or Blue Exorcist again. There we go. All right, we can go back to questions now. Thank you for all the work that you put in there, that uh, was, Ninja. Yeah, that was interesting, and it was. Uh, and hey, we did a lot better than I thought we would. Yeah, so. uh, we, we both got multiple points on the board. Good job. All right, so uh, we should go back to uh, questions then. So mm-hmm. then, our next one is from. Locuas, yes? I I mean, literally, I said it earlier and was not sure how to say it, so... Okay, all right. Uh, Similar to how you ranked the fights in Enius Lobby, Hueco Mundo, and the Sasuke Retrieval Arc, how would you rank the fights in Alabasta, Soul Society, and the Chunin Exam, but not counting the invasion of the Chunin Exam? So just the actual exam part of the Chunin Exam. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, all right. So Alabasta is the easier one. Uh, Luffy and Crocodile's number one. Then it's probably... Then I think it's probably Sanji versus Bond Clay. Um, 
then I'd probably go uh, Miss Merry Christmas and Mr. Five versus Usopp and Chopper, then Zoro, Mr. One, and then Nami mm-hmm. versus Miss Doublefinger. Yeah, I don't rem- I Like, literally, when I was looking at that, the only one I could remember that actually happened was Luffy and Crocodile. And then a second later, I was like, oh, right, and Sanji and Bon Clay. And then as you said the rest, I was like, right, that happened. So, And I think I all think- of them are very good. I think it's, like, kind of, like, a very thin margin between, like, Sanji, Mr. Two, and Na- uh, Nami, Double Finger. Like, all of those fights were really good, actually, so... I mean, when I I will I will say that like when I did remember them, I was like, all right, I do remember liking all those. It's just that there are some that are so good that I actually remember them immediately, and the rest I have to like, hold on, what happened in that arc? Because yeah, there's it's... so much One Piece to parse through in your head. I was so. gonna say you had to also recall everything that happened in One Piece over the course of like a very long time. Like, when's the last time you've read the Alabasta arc? You're like, uh, oh, not God. a while. <laughs> it's been a bit. It's probably been over a decade now. Um. The Soul Society arc is difficult because there's so many fights that happen in that. Um, so there's so Ichigo's fights within that arc are his first one is Akaku, isn't it? Yeah, that's his first actual fight. He actually fights uh, the Gate Guard before that, before they get oh, into Soul Jin, Society Jin proper, Baruchi or whatever. Jidanbo, I think it's Something either Jidanbo like or Jirobo. I can't, I can't remember which one it is. Is which. Um, and then, you know, Gin attacks him and kicks them out. Uh, but yeah, his actual big proper fights are his first ones against Ikaku, then against Renji, then against Zoraki, and then finally against Byakuya. Uh, there's a fight between Byakuya and kind of Ganju, but then he fights against Renji. There's the Mayuri fight against Ishida. There's Chad getting his ass kicked by, by Shunsui. Um, and then there's like a bunch of the stuff between the, the soul, uh, I, the, uh, um, the actual soul reapers when like stuff breaks down between them at the end. I mean, between all of that, like, I, I think that my personal favorite is probably Ichigo and Zaraki. Um, I think that that's you know, just a really strong introduction to Zaraki's character. Um, and then after that, it would be Ichigo Byakuya because it's just so iconic. And that's the first look at his Bankai and stuff. Uh, the rest kind of blend together, except for Ishida Mayuri. That's a very different kind of fight between them because, you know, it's more a battle of tactics than anything else. Um, but then everything after that kind of starts to blend together. There are little highlights from some of the better fights, um, but they're just not generally as memorable. So. Yeah, and uh, shoot an exam. I'm gonna. I was gonna say I'm gonna rely on you for that. Uh, shoot an exam. That's there's so fucking many fights. There's a lot. I mean, of actually like good back and forth matches. I mean, Rock Lee and Gar is the best. At like yes. the thinking back, it's the only one. Well, Rock or Neji and Naruto was a pretty good fight as well. Um, and it's also one of like four or three fights, I guess, that actually happened in the second round of the tuning exam. Well, because um, Kankuro forfeits immediately. Yeah. Which actually ends up being a good fight, but that's not actually part of the tuning exam, so I don't think we can exactly. count it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll. I'll say both of Shikamaru's fights are relatively high. Um. Yeah. Mostly because they're so different from everything else that happens in that series. And it's, so. it was. I mean, that dude, fucking Shikamaru, 
rode a fucking long time off the cred from those fights because it's not like he did oh, yeah. a ton of other things in the series. Like, I know he helps out uh, taking down Hedan, but it's one of those things, too, of just like, there was a lot of goodwill built up. In the, it's the same thing with Shino. Any goodwill Shino has is because of that one fucking fight he has, really, you know? I mean, that's like the only fight he ever wins, isn't it? <laughs> it's the only fight he has in the series is him and what, uh, not uh, the, the fucking air blast dude. He beats him and then he beats Conqueror. And oh, right. It. Yeah. The, uh, Zabu oh, gosh. Z- Zop, something like that. I don't it's something along those lines. Yeah. And then it's Keen who, uh, Shikamaru beats. And then there's Do- Dobi Dotsu. I forget the name of the guy with the mask that actually beats Choji, but then Gara just murders him <laughs> <laughs> off screen. Yeah. Um, I know that. Let's see. So there's there's Sakura and Ino, which ends in a draw. It's actually a there's, decent fight, but yeah. There's Sasuke against, I believe, a just a random guy who drains Chakra. Um. Like it's not even one of the it's not even like one of the actual sound three. He's just like another guy that's also there. And there's like another one of those guys, too. And I don't even remember who the other guy fights. There's Kiba and Naruto. There's Hanata and Neji. Right. And Tamari and Ten Ten. Right. And (laughs) Ten Ten loses off screen having used all of her weapons. Do you remember, like, uh, actually, you said before, um, like, you know, Shikamaru riding off of those two wins. What if, like, you know, they get to, like, you know, a Kage Summit meeting or something like that, and Shikamaru happens to say something stupid, and one of the Kages looks at Naruto and is like, why do you keep this guy around? And he's like, well, you should have seen him when he beat his eventual wife. <laughs> he tricked her. Man, dumb. He just tripped her up. What a fucking dope. He was so awesome. Uh, oh god i i don't I, i'm sure there's like another fight a fight that i'm completely forgetting about in there because yeah there's so many of them uh let um, me let me i want to i want to actually look this up now <sighs> fucking really comic book fucking resources the fucking site i get all right fine saku right. is the sound guy uh Konkuro versus surogi Sakura versus Kino. Right. Conkro beats some random dude because he murders him in that <laughs> fight. Uh, Ten Tamari. Stabs him. <laughs> Shikabaru and Ken. Naruto versus Kiba. Hanata Neji. Gar versus Rockley on this list is five. So already, this is some horse shit. Choji versus Dosu. Okay, that's also bullshit. Uh, Naruto. Oh, okay. So the other ones are, I guess, the the round three matchups: Naruto and Eji, uh, Tamari and Shikamaru, and then Sasuke versus Gara. Oh, it's fucking. That's nonsense. Anyone who thinks Sasuke versus Gara is better than Rock Lee versus Gara is just the wrong opinion. I don't want to be friends with you anymore. That fight doesn't even finish. Yeah. Like, All right. So uh, it also uh, it also says at the end that it wants me to rank the fights in the Phantom Lord arc. Which I fucking forgot that entire arc, so I had to pull it up. Uh, the ranking goes uh, Natsu versus Kajio at the top, then Elfman versus Soul, solely because it's the only time Elfman was ever a cool character. <laughs> then it's Gray versus Juvia, based solely on the ranking that Juvia is a character I remember after that. Then all the three other fights, Natsu, actually, no, 
Urza versus Arya and Makara versus Jose could be tied for second to last. I don't care. They're fucking worthless fights. The last one is Natsu versus Totemaru because for some reason they were like, Natsu should beat two members of the Element 4. <laughs> and he did. He just beat their fire dude and that was it. <laughs> so there you go. I ranked all of them for you. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, sorry. I guess that's me. Uh, this is from Bass, Bass Forever. Uh, with Actage being canceled and Hunter Hunter break its own record for the longest hiatus during the run, it got me thinking, have you two ever read or watched a form of entertainment that was canceled or indefinitely put on hiatus due to real-world reasons like the death slash arrest slash illness of the creator? Would you still recommend someone check out a series that was put in this kind of situation? Also, if the series was announced to be coming back with a new creative team, would you still be interested in checking it out? So, uh, that all depends. Um, I, uh, let's see, a series that has is currently indefinitely on hiatus that I was a really big fan of but got put on hold. I don't know if there's anything along those lines for me. Um, obviously, World Trigger, when it was still on hiatus, was in that situation. And I'm very glad that Ashihara is able to write the series, even if he does have to take frequent breaks because of his uh, his, his injury. But uh, beyond that, At, out of curiosity, when that was going on, would you have still recommended uh, World Trigger to people back when yes. it was still indefinitely? No. OK, yes. uh, very good. Uh, I will say I know a couple instances, although I guess illness is kind of vague. Uh, so there was a series back in the day that I've read called Beat the Vandal Buster that I talked a lot about. Mm -hmm. uh, that series went on indefinite hiatus. And I guess technically is still on a definite hiatus, but it's at that part now where you're just like, oh, it's never coming back. Um, I don't know the entire story of what happened with that. We'll never get a conclusion to that story. I guess I can still recommend it, but it's definitely going to be with a big grain of salt of like, hey, uh, recognize that this series is never coming back, basically. Um, but the other series I, I think I'd mentioned would be uh, the Game of Thrones series. Which, and that's what I mean when I'm like, it's not really an illness per se, so much as it is just George R. R. Martin's pace is uh, mm -hmm. fucking like a monolith or whatever. Uh, I'll say that at this point in time, I would not recommend somebody read Game of Thrones. Like, even if you like, you're like, I, watch, I like watching the show where the book's better. I'm like, the books are monumentally better. Um, but are you very much into the idea of never having them completed? Because that's kind of the place I'm at mentally where I'm just like, I don't think it's ever going to happen. No, no, I totally get you. Um, so this was a series that I do not consider myself a fan of. Um, but uh, I do know that like uh, High School of the Dead ran into this problem. Uh, and eventually, I mean, like the, the, the writer of the series, uh, unfortunately, passed a few years ago. So obviously that series is never coming back. So I do understand, you know, the situation of like, yeah, this, this just kind of happens uh, occasionally. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes creators are outlived by their work uh, before the work can be completed. So oh, apparently beat the Vandal Buster uh, has come back. It's been running in jump SQ rise since 2018. Yeah, I, th I thought I'd heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess to answer the, uh, my own question uh, with that, I will say, no, I'm not really interested in catching back Aww. up on Pete the Vandal Buster. There you go. 
Uh, there you go. All right. Uh, do, 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 do. Another one for Base Forever. Why do you think legal manga simul-publishing and subscription-based catalogs have been so slow to take off in the West compared to anime? Since the explosion of Crunchyroll in the early 2010s, now ha- we now have several competitors attempting to get exclusive rights to both the newest anime shows and the classics. This hasn't really happened for manga, where outside of Viz and Manga Plus, most of the simul-publishing catalog services are clearly an afterthought, uh, in Crunchyroll's case, and are so far behind it's hard to justify a subscription. Uh, the issues seem to be further compounded when Japanese manga complain about Western fans pirating series that either never get an official Western release or it doesn't happen until years later. When, if ever, do you think this will change? Uh, so two reasons I think that it comes down to. One is a more minor issue, which is uh, that it is more difficult generally to uh, scanlate a series than to put subtitles on a series because you have to go into an image and after you've translated all the text, you have to uh, clean all of the original text out generally, and then you have to put all the new text in. Uh, And this is, you know, Hey, you can ask Ace all about this. Like sometimes this is an incredibly uh, long, difficult process uh, if there is, you know, stuff that's not just text and word balloons, you know, uh, but generally the approach on streaming sites like Crunchyroll is to just put the text over the actual uh, series. And sometimes more complicated stuff happens, especially if, you know, text appears within uh, the shot. And so, you know, in order to distinguish between what is the subtitle and what is just the translation of that text, there have to be different stuff inserted in and stuff like that. But there's not the, I have to go into this footage and edit it out process. It's just, I just put this in and that is how we stream it. The other much more important reason is there's more of an audience for anime than there is for manga. And so there is much more of a justification to put out officially translated series for anime than to go through all of that additional trouble that I explained for manga. Mm. That's basically it. Yeah. Uh, I I would absolutely agree with that. I will say I do think it's, it's, clear though that we are getting a shift um some of the points you mentioned in there uh mangamo being sort of behind on everything um the fact that like mangamo exists is kind of in and of itself sort of the process slowly catching up i i just think of like where we were when we so we, we've been doing weekly manga recap 10 years now mm-hmm. um but this year is our 10th year doing it we started we've had nothing but scanlations and in yeah. 10 years since then, we read everything in the podcast of like the regular recap stuff from its, uh, you know, a legal official source um, from multiple sources. In Eden Zero's case, there's like three different places we could get it legally. Um, I think a lot of yeah. it is the same source, but like the idea being that like 10 years, a lot can change in that time span. Like 10 years ago, I remember us talking about like, oh man, I wish series would be easily able to be obtained legally. And now yeah. it's like, hey, a lot of those series we can. So I, I think it it's a process of it continuing from there. But I mean, it seems as though I, I'm, I'm not a business insider or anything like that. It seems as though the industry has been on a, a growth incline since we've started. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely slower to take, but I mean, 
it's it's happening and i think that there is a push uh for it to happen and i think that although it seems as though manga is way behind anime i think that the fact that anime is so readily available on so many streaming sources is helping to push uh there to be more of an audience for manga streaming outlets so it's i mean it's helping so all right there we go all right let's move on to a question from brawla Hello, Chris. I'm rolling. This is going to be difficult to. So there's capitalized. There's a capitalized O in the word two when I say this, and then a capitalized T because it's spelling out roller T. I'm rolling to reduce Hita and Nick, ruler of summertime. I've come with two questions. I hope you find enjoyment in answering these. First, do you find yourself in situations where you feel the stereotypes of your own country are confirmed? <laughs> As an example, sometimes when I'm visiting an, a One Piece forum, I see so many people complaining about the humor of One Piece, not wanting to have fun, being overly serious and dry, making me think, God, you guys are so damn German. Can we say it in what we assume Brawla sounds like when they're speaking in German? Like, oh, guys are so goddamn German. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, Venus schnitzel, you guys are so goddamn German. The sprechen die taste. Um, I do occasionally feel lesbians. Like, uh, yeah, I do occasionally feel like I'm being uh, like I'm still hungry. I need to eat another slice of pie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so occasionally, yes, I definitely represent uh, stuff around my country. And yes, occasionally I feel very stupid too. <laughs> oh, it's it's mostly just shame. Like I just walk around yeah. every so often. I'm just like, all right, it's you know, it's what we are. There is like. A moment where I, I, I sat there, I was like, you know, vaccine coverage is really rolling out relatively well throughout the country. I was like, I, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think it would be the case had things not changed slightly in the election. No, I, I don't really want to go too far into it because I uh, no. this is me trying to act like the, a magical switch has been turned. But I was like, this one instance, I can't even imagine how much more frustrating it would be when I see like friends from other countries talking about it. I'm like. Good, good on you, America. And then I walk, and then I, then I just think about it. And I'm just like, yeah, man. I hope I don't get hit by a car today because I don't think I could afford to not die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I held the turret. And uh, the last stereotype on him is that yes, occasionally I feel very, I, I, I am very aware that I'm ignorant of other cultures. So, <laughs> I think I've got a good finger on the pulse of every culture. Uh, you just, uh, say you do everything in a voice and, uh, you, you add, uh, a bunch of words around it and yeah, uh, everyone you, thinks you say you're something in a funny accent and then you say a stereotype based off of the, uh, country that that accent originated. And from. everyone loves it. It's never seen as rude, <laughs> apparently. Uh, all of a sudden I feel like we're representing another stereotype about America. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We're going to mull in. <laughs> all right. So second question. What arcs in manga would you say should be presented as role models or guides for other stories? Chris once mentioned that uh, the Zabza arc could be considered an example of how to do an arc with its stakes, emotions, developments, and so on. Are there other arcs you would consider you would recommend for artists, regardless of the medium, that should be read and learned from? Good ex- and bad examples are both possible. Hmm. I will say... I don't even remember what the name of it was. Whatever Elseworld fucking thing fairy tale had is an example of how not to do like an alternate reality <laughs> arc because that was fucking dog shit from beginning to end. 
Oh yeah, I remember. Remember when they were like, "Oh yeah, there's this one. There was this one girl that we lost." And it's like, "Oh, I'm here." I just cool. grabbed her from another dimension and brought her over. Hey, it's a good thing that Lisana was around for the rest of Fairy Tale, though. She was such an important character and did a lot of important things. It's weird. I forget her name, and I only could recall it. I'm like, who was that cat bikini girl? <laughs> Who was the one, uh, one uh, younger sibling, short, silver-haired character who then complained that another uh, younger sibling, short, silver-haired character was around stealing her thing? I was like, who's the least interesting member of Elfman's family? <laughs> and it's not him somehow. <laughs> uh, for series that do arcs really well, uh God, it's weird. I've been reading enough sports series recently that, like, that's almost what's been on my mind. And I don't want to just list all my favorite sports matches, basically. Um, I will say that the um, Nekoma versus Karasuno match is a great way of doing, like, the two rival teams who aren't enemies. They're kind of friends. You know, I want both sides to win kind of attitude. That was definitely the energy I felt throughout that match. Cool. Um, honestly, I think that the Soul Society arc is generally pretty damn good, um, in terms of, like, there's a lot of, like, introducing to this really wide world, uh, while still maintaining a focus on, hey, Ichigo's trying to save Rukia, that is what is at stake here, but then you find out eventually that there is much more at work than just this one girl being executed, and there are, you know, changing allegiances that happen based off of how people feel about what's going on. They're they're suspicious about the conditions of it or just, you know, are Renji and are just in love with this girl who's going to be killed uh, or are, you know, Ichigo and his outsider friends who don't give a shit about all this stuff. They just want to save their buddy. Um, And then eventually you find out more about it. And there's a big, very memorable twist uh, at the end. Um, There's definitely problems with it. I think that it's because it's so involved and there's so much of it that there are, you know, flaws you can poke into it. Uh, But I think that that's a pretty good example of like, hey, here's a very personal, you know, here's a very like easily understandable uh, dynamic at play. And here is us building on it to establish more of the world. So. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So got a question. Quick question here from Mulder, man. Do you have a manga show book or comic that you would consider comfort food, a.k.a. something you could enjoy to get over a bad day? Uh, Avatar, uh, is a, is a great one for me. Um, I'm not sure if I would call this specifically comfort food, but it's one that I do have a great feeling of nostalgic attachment to. There's a book series that I read, uh, when I was a preteen called the seventh tower. And mm-hmm. I occasionally go back to it and reread the whole series, uh, every few years. Um, so there you go. Uh, for a TV show, I would say the great British bake off. I have actually, I've intentionally not, I think I'm like two or three seasons behind now. uh, And I've intentionally not watched them because I'm kind of saving them in case I ever find myself in a really bad place. Just be like, all right, I'm going to go watch some great British bake off. It's sort of like the inverse of my Minecraft thing where I've told friends, I'm like, if you see me on Minecraft, you need to check up on me. That's my depression game. You don't want to see me on it. Inversely, if you see me watching Great British Bake Off, be like, okay, he's in a better place right now. He's good right there. Um, as for manga, I tend to just reread stuff I like if I, you know, want to. Like, uh, I, I 
in the process of reading Haikyuu, wanted to like remind myself of a couple scenes from Ice Shield 21, and then I just ended up reading like a whole match of Ice Shield 21, and I was like, God, what a great series. That tends to be how I do it if I if I go back to something. I feel like, I'm just going to read this thing I already know I like because it's just, you know, it's nice and enjoyable. Uh, also, um, uh, DuckTales, the uh, newer series, it's, it's, it's very cute and very funny. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, from Flugel, yes? Yes. Zajaman. From G. Flugel. Oh, no. An incompetent, manga-loving microwave robot tampered with the timelines to save Bone Collection in Tokyo Shinobi Squad. It sounded almost like a porno opening at the beginning. Like, oh, no. I've accidentally dropped that one into a a washing machine. Butt out. (laughs) Why is that a trope? (laughs) Like... (laughs) I don't know. It's <laughs> stuck porn's a whole genre. I know. I, I feel like that. there's I feel like there's more interesting things to get stuck in though, you know? Like, oh no, I got stuck with, like a great white shark started eating me, but then it <laughs> realized the error of its ways and I'm still very horny. Uh, I I I watched <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I really want to know where this is Hold going. <laughs> I watched a YouTube video recently where um, Stuck part be- greatest moments compilation. No, but, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh, someone was basically trying to. It was it was essentially like um, Pictionary. Basically, someone was trying to relate the clue uh, stepbrother to someone. <laughs> so they drew <laughs> a girl's butt sticking out of a washing machine to communicate this. Did they get it? Yes. There you go. <laughs> Because it's a meme now. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry for being completely distracted. Oh, no. Oh, don't worry about it, Nick. We are German, so we're most interested in the most pornographic things you can talk about. <laughs> uh, oh, no. An incompetent manga-loving mi- microwave raw tampered with the timelines and saved Bone Collection and Tokyo Shinobi Squad. Now we live in a world where some of your favorite series got an early 20-chapter cancellation, which forced their authors to drastically change their early development. How do you think One Piece, My Hero Academia, Dr. Stone, Chainsaw Man, and We Never Learn would have handled this unfortunate situation to reach a conclusion or open end much earlier than planned? Oh, Chainsaw so Man talking... would have been flawless at that if it had ended 20 chapters earlier. It could have just cut, oh, yeah. it could have just cut the page in half and been like, the end, and everyone would have been like, yeah, I guess that's how Chainsaw Man ends. Uh, Deku, uh, I'm guessing that like, if things had gone really bad, really early on, then we might've seen like a really minor villain show up. Deku helps the others, helps all might and some of his classmates to capture them. And then he says like, and, uh, you know, one day I became the world's greatest yeah. hero. We, you know, we end on a very open. Note. He, no, he like, raises one fist into the air. Uh, don't stop or not. Don't stop believing. Don't you forget about me? Starts playing somehow over the manga. And then yeah. like a bunch of credits just start rolling. And people would have been like, it was really impressive how that song just like played when I read it. I <laughs> Every time I open the page, it plays. It's so unnerving. Uh, we never learn would have ended on like shenanigans. Uh, honestly, like there would well, have been. Some, you know, some might argue it should have ended ch- t- twenty chapters earlier than it should have. No, no, no. Oh, it's a at, twenty chapter at, at twenty chapters. Oh, so like after man. two volumes. So, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah, probably just would have ended. I mean, Doctor Stone, I guess, just ends with like Senku being like, and the world, like, it could have ended on any number of the you know chapters that kind of end with Senku being like, and science will be the key to humanity's future, and then you point towards the stars or something like that. One Piece, I don't think, could possibly have ever ended at twenty chapters. Like the the thought of it seems completely like it, it's it's been around too long. I can't imagine it being canceled early. It's it's just like you ask me that, and it's like no, it does not compute. I, I can't like, even think. Yeah, it was song. like the cast leaves. Twenty chapters would have been around Syrup Island, so like they beat Captain Kuro and then just get onto a boat, and then it, like a little text box decoder says, and they had more, many more adventures after and that. Many, and Falcor had many more adventures. With <laughs> it's just a note to say later on they would have joined with an Ace Ventura cyborg robot man powered by a cola <laughs> and a skeleton with an afro. Eventually, they would have met someone who nobody could agree on whether or not they were a man. Anyway, so... <laughs> one day they might have met up with Moosey, the world, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> Chapter 20 is when he beats Buggy. Just... Holy shit, he w- they wouldn't even have gotten to Usopp. <laughs> one Piece ends early, o- Oda comes back with another series in Jump. Five chapters in, it just turns into One Piece again. It's like, ha ha! <laughs> I got you, bitches! <laughs> and it would have worked. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, another one for Base Forever. Using the three chapter jumpstart test, what manga in the past that you would have recapped would have been initially passed on due to a weak opening had it premiered this year? Additionally, are there any manga that were never part of the recap but you really enjoyed in the end that would have failed this test if it premiered this year? what manga in the past that you have recapped would have been passed on due to a weak opening i wonder Uh, if we had done food wars in its original run would we have been able to get over the very fan servicey beginning and oh i thought that that was so over the top that i actually loved it earlier okay okay uh world trigger though was one we were not happy with early on um I think that if we had given it the three chapter test instead of like, oh my god, a new series isn't jump, so we have to read it, uh, that we would have probably passed on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know about We Never Learn because I know that that one was one that uh, was also doing the we're not certain if we're picking up everything, but uh-huh. then it did get picked up. So I don't know how we would have felt about that. I think that we were really annoyed with uh, with um, Uruka hate- early yeah, on. I was going to say, we hated her. Yeah, because then I think chapter three was her first chapter. Yeah. So if, we, if it was just the three chapters originally, it would have been a very strong, like, probably no to maybe, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, she she appeared in chapter four. Mm. Oh, well, I don't know then. Yeah. There was definitely a lot of fan service in those first few chapters, though, so maybe would have been put off by that. Um, But Yuiga did have some really, eh, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough yeah. one. I don't know. All right. Okay. This next one comes from NinjaX3i. What would each of you say is sincerely the best moment from each of the series you've covered for Sadistic September? Okay, so we got to go. Let me go to our list for this uh, of series we've covered because that'll. uh, And I think that, and fortunately, this is one that I can actually look at a reference list for. Uh, Codebreakers, it would be uh, Koji versus Toki was a pretty decent fight. Um, Nothing from Kadama no Jigan. I don't remember anything that happens in Flame of Rekka. Flame of Rekka, wait, wait, wait. Flame of Rekka had the rice rice thing. 
I don't even know what that's a reference to. I don't know what anything that happened in Prince of Tennis. Air Gear had that pretty sweet um the 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 race they had relatively early on where uh whatever flame guy got to like get really close to the fence and like got to be it was kind of like a cool sports series at that point. Right. Yeah, I think that you're about right with Air Gear. The Prince of Tennis had uh there were entire arcs that did not feature etches in. There you um, go. There was the one where uh Tezka was like recovering from his surgery. Uh, and he had like, but he had like a self confidence issue. There was a mini arc about that. That was really good. Um, Flame of Reka. There was like the one uh, information broker thing where they they discovered that his treasure was like he had written a bunch of stuff on grains of rice and put it in a treasure chest. And we were like, that's kind of stupid. But wait, was that Flame of Reka? I don't think or that was. Flame, that I don't think that was Flame of Reka. That's not Flame of Reka. Oh my god, what was that? <laughs> that's a uh, Buster Keel. I was going to say, I was like, I don't know what you mean by rice. Oh, my God. I don't remember anything that happened with <laughs> I don't even remember what Flayorka is. <laughs> I like the notion that Ninja was, like, listening at their computer, just like, what the hell is Nick talking about? There's no, there's no rice moment in Flame of Rekka. <laughs> there's just fights in Flame of Rekka. Don't remember. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me, let me see if I like look at an image of this. Oh God, I don't recognize the characters on this page. <laughs> if I recall, that was one, that was when I read the whole thing, and I think you read like half of or whatever, and you were like, "This sucks. I'm not reading anymore." Uh, then there was Kodomo no Jikan. I think that okay. If you want me to have my answers to that, you have to go and listen to that episode because I because I think that I was trying to be charitable and named all the only good things in it so that I could then justify screaming about how much I hated the rest of it. So yeah, and I think Co- Codebreaker, I was the only good parts of it were the parts that made me laugh unintentionally. So, uh, question here from Flim Flam, dear Chris and Nick, if your regular recap series were cereal, what kind of cereal would they be? What would they taste like? See, th- this is the golden kind of question that makes me stop and say, <laughs> what would they taste like? Oh, black clover is just a very boring. Like it's like it's like a brand crunch or something like that. You're just like it's fine. It's it's cereal. It's digestible. It's breakfast, I suppose. But holy shit, everything else here is so colorful and fun, and you were just so <laughs> fucking boring every goddamn day. And every time you eat it, if it was the only thing you were eating, you would get a little bit more close to like wishing for death. I feel like you're just like what an awful what an awful part of my day. I don't, I disagree because I feel as though black clover would be like uh full. It would be like an all marshmallow cereal, like all sugar stuff. So like. If you're of a certain age, you think it's great. But then as you get older, you're like, oh, no, no. I need, like, actual grains in my stomach if I'm going to eat cereal. So that's not going to do it for me. Um, so I don't know. I, I That's just me. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's, that's a good interpretation. I feel like One Piece would be a cereal that changes flavor every so often. And it's always, <laughs> yeah. like, it's always weird. It's always, like, cola-flavored cereal or something like that. You're like... I I mean it's it's bonkers, but it fucking works. And other people you try to tell it to are just like, I'm not gonna read, it. I'm not gonna eat it because I don't know what fucking flavor it's gonna be when I get it. And you're like, but that's half of the fun. Half of the fun is one piece is that it takes five years to catch up on it. World Trigger occasionally, uh, like you just can't find it in stores because there's some sort of problem at the factory. 
uh, so they didn't produce enough. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Last uh, Sayuki is like a cereal that was really good, but it was a limited time cereal, and it's yeah. never come back again. It's like uh, the fourth horror monster from the bo- from the uh, Booberry yeah. Count Chocula, and then you life. you had to pass by Booberry, and you just sit there like you could be fucking Last Sayuki Berry, but you're fucking Booberry, and you just <laughs> you go on with your day, but you're a little bit angrier that Booberry's still around. Yeah, I guess what series we're talking about. Okay, so. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Do you have any more? Uh, oh, I'm just thinking. More. I'm just thinking of cereals now, and I'm just like, man, I haven't <laughs> had Captain Crunch in fucking forever. <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right, let's go with the next one from sure. uh, from the. De- Unless you got another one. Nope, nope. Go for it. All right, all right. Next one from Dewitt, dear Nisfrios and Karik Lariman. Demon Slayer and Jujutsu Kaisen are the two most recent shonen series to really blow up and make a big impact once they got animated. I always felt it was a shame they didn't get covered week to week, as they would have been great additions to the lineup. If you go back in time and add one of these to the lineup, which would you choose? So you've actually been reading Jujutsu Kaisen, so would you say that you wished that we had uh, picked that? Um, so I'm in the process of reading Demon Slayer. Uh, and I've caught up on Jujutsu Kaisen and, and read it. Uh, I'll be a hundred percent honest. Neither series I think would have been particularly great additions to the recap as we get. Demon Slayer is the weirdest fucking series in the world. It's like an eight chapter prologue before it starts. It's paced very strange. <laughs> you're just like he doesn't. He sucks until like ten chapters in, and you're just like, what is this? It's like a training arc with characters I don't know or, or like give a crap about. It's it's a very strange beginning. Uh, and Jujutsu Kaisen, I think, just is very samey to a lot of things we read to the point where, like, nowadays, you know, the point where we'd almost be like, oh, we'll we'll keep reading Phantoms here because maybe it'll get more interesting. That's, I feel like, how you would have had to go with Jujutsu Kaisen because it did take some time before that series really gets out of its own shell. Um, and even then, it's still a pretty out there series for the most part. Um, yeah, uh, I, I would say personally that I'm actually kind of glad we didn't read either of them because I can watch the anime, which are both very good and just enjoy it and not know exactly what's going to happen next, uh, for both of them. So, yeah, I think it would have probably been fine to read Jutsu Kaisen week to week, like 50 chapters into the series or something like that <laughs> for a while. Here's, here, let me recap you guys on how, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen would have been recapped. It would have been week after week of me going, why the fuck is Mahito still not fucking dead? I fucking hate this character. All he does is show up and kill people I like and then fucking survive again somehow. I don't like it. He needs to die. I want to retroactively go back and change my list of the most hated characters in manga because fucking Mahito should have been at least like top three. I fucking cannot stand that guy. What was the name of that one regular kid that he corrupted and then killed? I forget. I forget his name. I don't remember but, anymore. Jubei or something like that, or Junpei. Yeah, I was. I was so upset when that happened, and like I know that's the reason. Like it's you know it's on purpose that it's upsetting to you, so it's upsetting to Yuji and stuff. And it's like yeah, but I wanted them to be friends. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I, I oh my god, I fucking hate Mahito so much. 
Yeah, and he's annoying too. Honestly. Yeah, but that's that's I mean that's the energy I feel like the Jujutsu Kaisen recaps would have had for a while. It's just like ah, because no one dies in that series. Like none of the villains die for a very very long time. Like I've gotten that impression. They're just too hard to kill. Oh, it was like when like when uh, what's his name Jogo the the volcano guy shows up and just yeah. gets fucking clown shoes stomped by uh, Gojo and then sticks around for like another. 50 chapters you're just like this is ridiculous he got fucking annihilated by gojo like embarrassingly annihilated and he still survives when they had the fight against the tree uh one the you know that was like well this seems like you know the logical conclusion for her character is that no she's still alive so yeah all right It shows what I know, I guess. <laughs> Sucks to suck, yeah. Uh, but I, I think both of them are still very good series. I just, I don't know how they necessarily would have done getting covered week to week as both of those series had sort of strange beginnings. Even Undead Unluck, which we're about to add to the recap, had a really rough beginning that I don't know how it would have worked mm-hmm. had we been recapping it week to week. Like, it's just one of those things. I don't know. Yes. Um... I don't know who did the last one. I think it was you. So uh, from Base Forever, what is the worst story prediction or theory you've made while reading a manga that felt like a realistic way for the story to go? <laughs> was your idea better than what the series actually did? Dude, come on, Nick. You know what yours was. So you see, Chris, <laughs> the three figures that uh-huh. are flying towards them are not actually <laughs> <laughs> They're all representative of his idiot super it's, it always makes me laugh to think about it because it's something like, wow, what a really smart thing. Because I and, was so sincere too. And it was it was really out of nowhere that like it was like a moment where you're like, I feel very inspired for the level of intelligence Shimabukuro has been writing for this series. And you're like, really? Because if I look into the future, I'm gonna see that he's gonna make everybody write a cloud of poop everywhere. And there will be a gun in space for some reason. <laughs> but these three villains are all are all very like psychological representation of Toriko's character. Meanwhile, well, here's the thing. I think that I would I would have actually that would have actually been better. It would have. That's the thing. You were absolutely right. It's just one of those things that you're like, yes, these are all deep representations of Toriko's character. And then it's like you want to zoom in on Toriko's character's head, and it's just the clapping monkey symbols thing. <laughs> He's just like, what should my main dish be? Because, <laughs> like, uh, there was a monster among the three of them. There was the one cook who had the history with Setsuno, I think. And then there was a third one that I don't even remember what they there looked was, like. There was the old lady, there was a Nomu, and then there was something that kind of looked like an evil Toriko, but I can't even remember right. who they were at this point. So... She was the only actual character among the three of them, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm sure I've had plenty of really bad <laughs> story predictions. I just don't remember many of them. I'm sure if you go back and listen to it, people have probably taken note of them. I'm sure it might have been something along the lines of One Piece at some point or another. Yeah. Although I've embarrassed myself on One Piece I, too. Bro, I was like, "It's Mister Two. I was like, "No, it's Sabo, Nick." <laughs> I mean, if it helps, you can listen to All me. Right. You can listen to me mentally, like see every new character, and I'm like, "They still could be Jin." Like, I'm still just like, "Look, I know who's who doesn't look like Jin," and there's a bunch of implications it couldn't <laughs> be. But I'm just saying, 
all of them have card names and Jin is a card game. I know Rummy was already used for a different character, but Jin is a card game. He could be part of Kaido's crew. Um, speaking of uh, One Piece characters, I, uh, this morning, uh, the results of that uh, huge popularity poll came out. I don't mm. know if you've gotten a chance to uh, take a poke, peek at it. Yeah, I, I mean, I took a peek in it as much as I kind of find interest in popularity polls. It's It was a one-piece popularity poll that I feel like got mm-hmm. a lot of attention for the fact, like, every country will vote. I think the actually interesting yeah. thing is just looking at different countries, because if you look at the actual results, you're like, oh, this is a one-piece popularity poll. Like, it's yeah. the same eight characters, the, pretty much. All the, attractive people, all the attractive people are in the top ten. And a lot of fucking <laughs> horny fanboys getting fucking carrots super high up there, so congratulations. She's never going to be a straw like, hat. Like, Boa Hancock is on there for any reason other than horny fanboys. Yeah. <laughs> She kicks you can't on. tell me it's for any other reason. It's not. I feel like it's that uh, the old Xbox commercial for Dead or Alive, where like they're like, "Oh, I like it. The graphics are uh, really stimulating uh, and yeah. engaging." Oh. And then like it cuts to the one guy. He's like, uh, "She kicks high," <laughs> and then it's just a bunch of like upskirt shots. You're just like, "Yeah, that's 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 the explanation for why uh, Hancock is there, basically." Yeah. Although there were also a bunch of like troll votes, uh, clearly, like there was there were some weird ones that showed up at, at various points. Uh, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't think who's who is anywhere actually on the list. No, he's not. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's Jin. Jin's not anywhere on the Fuck. top hundred either. Fuck. But there are various animals that are. So. Well, what are you gonna do? I hope Sarfunkel made the list. I'm not going to check. All right, next up. <laughs> From Brawla, a very merry hello from your favorite German lesbian. Again, that this presumption goes. Oh, hello! <laughs> yeah, I got on German lesbians. <laughs> this time, haunting you with two more questions. First, somehow you're able to enter a different dimension. What the based... hell, Brawla? Is the only thing that comes up if I search for German lesbians. <laughs> Uh, first question, somehow you're able to enter a different dimension to face your other cells from that dimension. But oh no, the difference of that dimension to yours is that your counterparts have the most obnoxious manga opinions. <laughs> what would be the worst hot takes coming from your own mouths meeting your intimate dimensional doppelgangers? Um, God, hot take. Like some, I, I feel like, I don't know why I'd be so irrationally angry if I met my doppelganger and they were just like, oh man, Promised Neverland just got better and better as it went along. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. You're just like, fuck you. Oh, yeah. The Prince of Tennis is great, but uh, you really need to see read new Prince of Tennis for all the best stuff. You want to know what I was really excited for? That they never paid off Kakai the teaching <laughs> Jumanji all of his hand techniques. I didn't want to see it. I just wanted to see uh, less of I just wanted to see less of everything in that final match. I was really appreciative of that. Oh, man, I'm so glad that Gal turned into an underdog in that final match against the USA. You know what I really think was a smart decision? Uh, replacing all of our fan favorite characters, but making sure a new character was just as strong as every other lineman we've ever seen in the series. That was a really good call. Oh, I'm so glad that this one random middle schooler showed up to be an offensive lineman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give me shudders. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'm glad that 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 Curry never got to do anything in that match. I hate women. 
Oh wow, this is this is really hot takes from from Alt Nick. Women should just have their boobs out in manga. <laughs> Never do anything important. Suddenly you realize, like, oh, they don't just have bad manga opinions; they have bad all opinions. <laughs> That's what happens when you allow your, own, your actual social views to influence your opinions of uh, entertainment, too. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Second question. At this point in time, you've had the opportunity to interact with your fans and Discord over Among Us. What new insights over us gave you these experiences? Do you guys see your fans with new eyes by now? Uh, a bit, a little bit different uh, because of Discord. Yes, we we've made jokes about this on the podcast before. Yes, definitely. Uh, uh, so, in the most earnest way, I will say it's been extremely enlightening because I I do feel like I've known many of the people who sort of regularly watch and comment on our stuff, mostly just through Twitter interactions and things like that, but. By having the Discord, I feel like I have a, a much greater sense of who a lot of these people are and giving, like, I, I guess, much more of a way to kind of know the person, per se, as opposed to just, like, knowing an avatar kind of mentality, which is what I kind of had before when you only really interacted with people through comments or things like that. Uh, so in a lot of ways, I've, I've come to, you know, really appreciate all the people we have through the Discord and interacting with them and and you know I, I consider a lot of those people friends uh but i will say to the joke answer which is what you all ultimately want yeah you're all really horny for vtubers and yep. I, I created a channel for it and i i've locked you all in there and every so often <laughs> a little bit of you come out and there's a part of me that's like i i, I should fucking ban this person from the server why is there vtuber talk in my wrestling channel <laughs> I don't That's care awesome. if the great black otaku created a VTuber, VTuber persona. I don't want it here. It goes to the VTuber channel. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that he's able to, like, keep on doing his thing now, though, because of that. Um, when I'm sure that, you know, him being a WWE employee would have forced him to not do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm not using my likeness. Fuck you guys. (laughs) Um, Anyway, yeah, and I I appreciate, uh, you know, being able to interact with you guys uh, on a more um, live basis. Not necessarily, you know, when we're using voice chat, but like, you know, if I'm able to actually have a chat over like the latest manga chapter and stuff and actually, you know, type something and have a response come up as opposed to, you know, the more stilted conversations you have to have on Twitter, if at all. So. All right. It's all uh, really horny, seriously. Yeah, so. it's ridiculous. You're the <laughs> not safe for work channel. It's overfilled. Uh, all right. Question from Ota. Uh, I don't have a funny name, so let's just get to the questions. First question. Which two characters from my hero would make the coolest quirk if they had a baby? Assuming gender and sexuality are no issue. Essentially, let's eugenics the best crazy character. Yeah. Let's play Fire Emblem and make yeah, the most broken character we can. Let's both be Endeavor in this situation. Come on. Okay. First thing I do is I hit my wife, uh, and then I get a big redemption storyline. <laughs> All right, I'm the hero. Uh, okay, what's a good like attack style quirk or something like that? Um, oh, you know what? I've got it. Uh, Tokoyami and Bakugo. So he sends out his dark shadow in and explodes stuff remotely. <laughs> That's pretty fucking ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like it has to be something combined with Bakugo. Oh, man. 
I mean, I almost feel like Saro and Bakugo would be pretty cool. Bond, I was supposed to say bondage tape. I meant, uh, I don't know what word I was. Explosion, explosion, tape. explosion tape. But I don't know why my, I think I was thinking bandage, which still doesn't make sense. <laughs> You're like, I guess I belong in the NSF. Oh, no. Ah! <laughs> I get stuck in. It's like the, the, the scene from Superman 2 where they're floating through the Phantom Zone. It's like, oh, trapped in the horny. Uh. Okay, so uh, explosive tape and explosive shadow. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, question two: best and worst name for a technique that you could think of. Toto's boogie woogie reminded me of this. Not telling which side it falls into. Oh, um, I, I, I can't think of like a legitimate answer. Just one that's popping into my head, which is that one of uh, Mirio's attack names is Phantom Menace, which is great. Um, that is a great but, name. Yeah, I, I can't. I honestly, I for whatever reason, I'm drawing a blank on anything else right now. Um, I'm trying to. All right, so let me best best names. I'm trying to go through like One Piece names, and none of them. What the fuck is Chopper's thing? Like soccer theme, but it doesn't even. Cho- Chopper's techniques always were the lamest. Mm. Um. I'm trying to think uh, who had like the best one for all of them. I always kind of liked Mutton Shot, even yeah. though it's such a bad like pun, but it was kind of cool with the way it worked. I do like how uh, Zoro's things are like food and demon themed. They're like puns, but also just like the word Onigiri is fun to say. So. Yeah. Um, hold on. I want to actually see what Chopper's fucking techniques were. <laughs> All right. Because I'm trying to remember what his moves are even called. It's just like Rose stuff, isn't it? Why is I don't this... even remember Chopper having technique names. I just know that he has the rumble ball. Rumble ball yeah, he, he actually he actually does have specific moves he uses. But that's, you know, whatever. I guess I've <laughs> figured out which one is the least interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to I, I feel like there is like a really good answer to this. And I'm just not thinking of it. Boogie Woogie is a great technique name, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm not referring to the points, though, guys. I know the different points. I'm referring to him. He had, he had, like, actual attacks with his moves. Like, I know there was one, I think, at arm point where he'd, like, kind of almost set up for, like, a Kamehameha, and he just kind of punched people with his hooves. And it, it had, like, an actual name. That's a great name, too, by the way. Kamehameha? Yeah, it's a reference. I mean, it's a reference to the Hawaiian King, but also, like, it has the word for turtle in it, so it's from the turtle school. It's just very clever, and it's very fun to say. It, so. it is a very great mouthfeel kind of word. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go on, then, to Gelly Elfson's question. People always talk about series that should get an anime, but what about the opposite? What series shouldn't get an anime? And then there's the inverse series that have anime, but really should not. <laughs> oh, well, I, 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 for that last one, uh, I, it still boggles my mind that Redo the Healer has an anime. It's, it's every time I hear about that series, I'm like, this sounds like something that should just be like, like a like a thing you'd read on the internet. Like it, it's mind boggling to me that it's being presented for public consumption. Essentially, <laughs> like I don't think it should be. <laughs> Based off what I hear about it, I so this is a little bit of an odd one. It's going to sound like me being the anti Kubo, anti Bleach guy again, but I do think it's weird that Burn the Witch got 
picked up to be an OVA before it's first official before it actually you know was a full-on manga series and it just had the one shot out like that's weird for to me the mm-hmm. like uh, it, 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 it does not see like it, it really was just like we're selling this on kubo's name and that's kind of it um stuff that stuff that does not currently have an anime that absolutely should not have it um sakamoto days <laughs> Shouldn't get an anime? Should not get an anime, no. Okay. Strong uh, strong feelings. Witch watch. Okay. So you're you're saying they shouldn't get it because they're Fuck too em. recent. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was because they were too recent. But you're just oh going- no, wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna actually gonna I'm actually gonna forgive both of those. Hardboil cop and dolphin. Good God, please no. <laughs> I almost would want to see how they could do a hard-boiled cop and dolphin as an anime because that series cannot keep a consistent tone for very long. So it'd be like a series with like action chapter, action chapter, cute, cuddly, fun chapter, uh, boob joke chapter, boob joke chapter. Uh, character just lost their leg, <laughs> and then you, then you fight Spike Spiegel. Okay, they did. He's a, he's like a marlin or something like that, but it's nice. very clearly Spike Spiegel. Series that have an anime that should not, The Promised Neverland, honestly, because of the way it was done. Um, because, like, it honestly, like, that show should have ended after its first season. Like, it should have just been like, and they escaped, and you never find out what happens because they wrapped everything up after that point in one season, and everyone was like, what the hell is this? But also, the original manga story that it's based on goes downhill from that point anyway. So, <laughs> that's kind of a half answer. Yeah. I think that, you know, the part of the story that's in the first season is like, that's the best part of it. So, of course, that deserves to be an anime. But just don't do anything after that, or just have an entirely original thing that goes on in a different direction from there. Uh, one Piece. Let's end the One Piece anime. Okay. Done. All right. Now that. <laughs> Uh, from Supernova RX, hello, Rolo, Vito, and the big champion, Chris. Yeah. And Nick, the one Shonen Jump likes to see suffer. Ooh, apparently. That, that seems to be very cruel. Yeah. Okay. First question, what magic food would you eat to get powers, and which power would that be? <laughs> what? <laughs> what magic food would you eat to get powers, Nick? I Can it be any food? I would like to eat uh, a white, uh, a hundred, a Nestle hundred grand bar, and it lets me control space and time. (laughs) There's no limits, right? But (laughs) I, I I feel like I'm going to lose my opportunity here because it's such a surprising question in the way it's phrased. (laughs) Nick, eat any food, you get any power you want. Go. What? <laughs> eat a, what magic food do you eat to get the powers? What power would that be? Go! Magic food exists? You don't get all right, you lost your power, Nick. You don't get anything now. Oh, <laughs> can I at least get can I at least eat the food? No. In fact, we're taking the food out of your house. They no. Snap their I fingers. For that. <laughs> Did it at least go to someone needy? No. Right into a the magic garbled dispenser. <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> your taste in food sucks. They complain the whole time. Get some fun cereal. <laughs> uh, buttered spaghetti. All right. What power would you get? I don't know. <laughs> there you go. It's decisiveness. That's the power you get. <laughs> Second question. You're stuck on an island. Sea creatures all around, but stuck with a bunch of jump characters of your choosing to help you escape. Who will they be? But here's, here's the rules. You can only pick one main protagonist. 
and you must have a bad option and only using the series available at the time of posting and you have a week to escape. So I guess we have to create, we have to pick someone who we really want, then someone who fucks everything up. <laughs> From the series that are currently running. Yeah. Like I could, we only have one protagonist. Like I could pick Senku, who could probably help us invent an airplane, but I also have to like pick fucking um I'm like who's the most destructive, obnoxious character in job? Like I like I have to pick Kaido and oh. he just breaks all of our things. <laughs> he's just being a dick, terrorizing you while being a like, giant dragon. Like he's stuck on the island too. Even though he can fly, but he keeps breaking everything we make. And I'm just like, ah, why don't, we, why don't you just let us find her back to safety? No. <laughs> Sucks to suck nerds. I'm like, you're stuck here too, though. Um, I am going. So you picked Senku. So I'm going to go in a different direction. Okay. And I'm going to actually say Tokiyuki because he is an expert at, get, at running away, including running away from the island. Mm, I was going to say, like, it's he's an expert at running away, and it turns out the island is actually a peninsula, and we just run along <laughs> the strip of land to get out of there. And I'm like, pretty clever. Uh, the person who fucks things up for me is Shirogane from Ayakashi Triangle, who's just sick of all this. <laughs> oh, so he, he just, just you know. turns one of you into a chick, so you'll keep <laughs> hanging each other and never get off the island. And you're like, wait, I thought that's what you didn't want. And he's like, I don't really know. I'm a cat. I don't really know what I want. I'm separated <laughs> from my shrine anyway. I thought I wanted you guys to not fuck. And then I kind of wanted you to fuck. I'm a cat. What do you want me to do? Also, that kid is 12. <laughs> <laughs> I invented a lot of things by the way, my gender swap jutsu. Not anything that makes this less problematic, though. <laughs> I hate you, Shiragane. <laughs> ah, what are you going to do? All right. So now pit my I belly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ugh, okay. So that was our answer to uh, to um, uh, Supernova's questions. Okay. Arcus Rhapsode asks, Dear Nick, in the mouth of madness, Freeman, and Chris, in the land of Shangri-La, Larios, what do you two remember as being the first ever horror movie you watched? I'm not someone who likes being scared myself, but I do recall House of Wax being the first horror film I saw. Okay. The first horror movie I can remember is... Actually, it's probably like I think we rented like Frankenstein versus the werewolf when I was like six or seven. So that's mm -hmm. probably it. Um, I'm sure that I've seen like uh, there might have been like an earlier one, but that's the first one that would be classified as horror. I don't think it was actually really scary uh, for the most part, because, you know, the point is that the two, you know, classic movie monsters meet and fight. Um, but, uh, that is a horror movie technically. So I think the first time I ever saw any real significant part of a, of a horror movie was, I want to say it was child's play two, Cause I could very vividly recall a scene. I don't remember if it's two, but it's one of the child's plays where like Chucky's like, I think fighting with the kid in the basement and then like the dad's gonna come downstairs and Chucky like runs behind the stairs and grabs like a hook and hooks the guy like the dad's shoe as he's going down the stairs so he trips and falls down the stairs i don't like that was all i saw and it scared me enough that i was like ah, i hate this and i just hated 
Chucky and Child's Play for the longest time because of that, which is amusing to me because once you become an adult, you're like, I'm just going to punt that fucking doll into a microwave. <laughs> what? Fuck this thing. But as a child, it was it was the most terrifying thing in the world. Um, I think the first actual horror movie I ever saw, like all the way through, though, I saw a lot of fucking Halloween 2000 or Halloween H2O, or whatever the fuck they called it. Um, mm. But the first one I ever saw in like theaters was was Freddy vs. Jason because I'm just not a horror person. I think the first movie I remember that like properly scared me, but that I watched all the way through was probably the uh, like 98 mummy movie mm. with uh, Brendan Fraser. So it's weird. I never considered those horror movies, even though I guess they do no, have a horror movie. Films. Yeah, I, I guess it does have a horror movie villain, though, the mummy, you know. Yeah. And when you're I mean, when you're a little kid, like there is enough scary stuff in there to scare you. So. Ooh, I also saw mm. um, the haunting. That had Liam Neeson in it, and that has oh, no. one of it. <laughs> I mean, he does die. Uh, or no, he survives, I think. I have to go back and think that. No, I think he does die. I think he may make it pretty far into it. But um, I just remember it, it had one of the best deaths I've ever seen in the movie because it's like, it's just this giant house, and they show it off so early in the movie. For some reason, the fucking fireplace has a gigantic lion's head pendulum that swings right. out of it. And I think it kills Owen Wilson that way. Yes. He's just like, huh, yeah. what's going on over there? And the fucking lion head pendulum just takes his head off. And you're like, I mean, you set it up. It was very specific, but you did pay it off. So I'll give you props. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. The, okay, there's next another question here uh, as well. Let's see. Uh, picture yourself trapped in one location where it seems there is no escape. What is the one place from a fictional setting you wouldn't want to be stuck in? For me, I'd hate to be stuck in rock bottom from the one Sp SpongeBob episode. I wouldn't want to be stuck in the Chrome world from the one SpongeBob episode where everything was Chrome. Oh, yeah. I don't know yeah, why. Sure. Yeah, I was like, that thing seemed terrifying to me. Yeah, that's that was I, I agree with you. That was more terrifying to me than Rock Bottom. Rock Bottom was supposed to be like, you know, a deliberately scary place. But that, yeah, the one you're talking about was like disturbing on a whole different level. So, yeah. I, that's a good enough answer for me. <laughs> I can, I can, I done and this. done. Yeah. Third question. You go out to a restaurant and working behind the counter is Aoi from I Tell C. Moskoy from Eden Zero, Pyra from Bone Collection, Toga from My Hero Academia, Code from Boruto, and Daruma and Daruma from Samurai Eight. Was Daruma the one? He was the the master. Guy? No, he was the master, the the cat guy who was stu stuck in the cat's body or whatever. Oh, okay, okay. The one who made an entire virtual reality video right, right, game right. fighting game to train a person. If you had to pick one. Who would you like to prepare your food and who would you absolutely not want to prepare it? Oh. So I've, I I think the person I want to prepare it, assuming I could do something first, I want to go to Aoi and tell her like I've, I've fucking jaywalked like a hundred times or something like that. <laughs> and she's like, what a bad boy. Cause then she's going to fucking load up your food. Cause she loves you now. She wants nothing more than to please you. You're a criminal or whatever. She's so ecstatic about it. That's how you get like the real loaded up food. I don't, I like there's other ones there who I'm like, Oh, who knows what Togo will do? Who knows? You know, his coach is going to make something stupid. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't, I just don't fucking trust Moskoy. I don't know what it is. I think even with the best intention, <laughs> something fucking gross is ending up in my food. I don't know what it is, but he's going to fucking like fluids from him are going to end up in my food somehow. I don't know how, but I, I don't trust him. <laughs> so I am actually going to go the opposite route from you. Cause I think that I would probably go with Moskoy. Because right. I feel as though he would be the one with, like, the least, you know, um, he wouldn't try and do anything to you deliberately. And he would pro and and of the ones that would not try to do anything to you deliberately, he would probably do the best job. Um, I, I just get that impression from him. Because right. I don't think I don't think that Dharma knows how to cook. And I don't think that Ayaoi would want to cook for you unless you were a horrible criminal and I would never be able to actually pull off what you're suggesting. The one that I don't want to at all approach uh, is very close between Code and this person, but I'm going to go with Pyra from Bone Collection because you don't want any of her attention. She will do something horrible to you. So, All right, that's fair. And obviously Toga will try and kill you. So, Oh, no. All right. I don't like this one already because I have to read science oh. words. Okay. Dear Crystal Ruthenium T. Lanthium and Nickel Yitrum Ruler of Titanium Neon Francium. You did. You got most of those. Yeah. As an American, I believe it is my duty to mock the British and all their stupid words for things. <laughs> Just call it a vacation. Holiday is a word that means something else. <laughs> As well as their awful food and general arrogance for being on such a sad, wet rock that is still has hereditary rulers that hold actual power in government. What's your we're not favorite? Inserting any, we're not inserting any of our own opinions to this, okay? What's your favorite thing to mock the Brits about? And there's an actual like closure to it, but I'm not going to read it. I want every uh, Brit to think that DeWitt just fucking hates them. Oh, man. What's your favorite thing to mock the British about? Um... Stop Aluminium. it. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Aluminium. Okay. Because, I mean, that's such... It's like, look, I know that it's got an eye in it, but fuck you. It sounds weirder than aluminum. <laughs> fuck your stupid food. I hate every time a British person's like, oh, we're the oh, of cuisine we are. Like, no, you eat fucking garbage. You just make a shit ton of it, all right? No one in the world is ever going to be like, oh, you know what I want to do? Have a nice English breakfast and start my day. No, I want to eat a nice English breakfast and fucking vegetate for eight hours because I just ate eight pounds of meat and eggs. Like, <laughs> all right, look, you eat fucking eel pie. Your shit's gross, okay? It's just gross. You live on an island. There's nothing cool that gets sent to you, so you make fucking gold out of garbage, but it's still garbage gold, all right? I'm still eating garbage. Oh, boy. Okay. And your heads are too big. Boom! <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> this next question comes to us from Lazarus. Dear... Hi, Dr. Nick! And holy shit, there's actually a Simpsons character named Chris. First question is mostly for Chris. Nick's state has had the honor of being the setting of a JoJo part, with landmarks like Disney World serving as battlegrounds. So let's imagine there was a JoJo part set in Pennsylvania. What wacky adventures can we expect to be encountered by our main character? Pronounce the J's as wise. Johan Yolten, a Lancaster County farmer and user of the Stan Amish Paradise. That's a very good one. Um, 
Hmm. Wacky adventures. So one villain that I have to go up against is uh, Fuel, which is uh, a Harrisburg band. Uh, and they attack with using hemorrhages, which is their only good song. Uh, but it makes your brain explode. So they have to be a bad guy that you beat very quickly, basically. Otherwise, they're uh, they're pretty bad. You don't want to deal with them. Uh, outside of that, uh, it would just have to be a bunch of like Philly references. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess you fight Garbodor the Pokemon like sixteen times, and then the <laughs> series ends. <laughs> I started to suggest like, well, what about Bon Jovi? And then I was like, no, 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 that's the, he's not from there. He just oh, he just owned an arena football team there. Well, uh, <laughs> let me let me think. Let me see famous Philly or Pennsylvania musicians because I feel like there is some that I'm there are some that I'm forgetting. Oh, Taylor Swift's from Pennsylvania, huh. uh, so you never, get a Taylor Swift. So- Boys to Men, but they did that already. So we bring him back. Bring back the head dude who does rock paper scissors battles. <laughs> uh mac miller don't know who that is i know the name but i don't know anything else um joan jett is apparently from pa oh love joan jett yeah uh did she do cold hard bitch no never mind. that was jet no. that was jet <laughs> that was just what jet, are you I think. talking about well, i'm thinking that i think the band was just called jet and that's why yes. i was like uh oh yeah will smith Get jiggy with it'd be a pretty cool stand. Uh, Poison. That's right. Poison is a fucking Pennsylvania band. Breaky Benjamin from Wilkes-Barre. Now I'm just disappointed with us. Oh, the Uh, roots. Joan Jett Jett was part of uh, the Runaways when they did Cherry Bomb. Uh, And then she's done a bunch of stuff. All just headlining her own band since then. Wiz Khalifa, Lil Uzi. So quite a few people. All right. Uh, a lot of recent people. Oh, Hailstorm. There you go. See, if you had said, did they do Cold Heart Bitch, I would have understood. But Joan Jett. <laughs> oh, Chubby Checker. <laughs> All right. Never heard of them. <laughs> have you heard of Chubby Checker? Second question. While reading up on former Secretary of State slash National Security Advisor and Human Rights Violation Enabler, now Human Rights Violation Apologist, Henry Kissinger, I learned that he had a major hand in making soccer popular in the U.S., thus giving my sister one more reason to despise him. So how does Henry Kaninger feel about the sport of soccer? I don't appreciate it that I have to watch the ball go back and forth and back and forth, but I can never get it. Makes me very tired chasing the television. And the ball is too big for me to pick it up in my mouth. They get that with it. They get angry when I tear it apart. <laughs> but I brought some peace to violence. I should be rewarded with bacon <laughs> treats <laughs> and rubs on my tom bomb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Third question. With the internet finally catching on to the horridness of J.K. Rowling's views, it's been pointed out that the descriptions and behavior of the character Rita Skeeter come off as an offensive portrayal of a trans woman. Hmm. My question is, has the reveal of a mangaka's personal actions or opinions put the details of a previously read manga in a new light? I don't mean this in a general case of I get uncomfortable reading Rurouni Kenshin or Actage because of the author, but rather, oh, this part of Rurouni Kenshin or Actage is kind of telling now. I realize this isn't the most pleasant topic to discuss, so don't wear yourselves out on on it if you don't feel like it. So, 
to name one of the examples you named there, it, it does cast the fact that they played up the bond between an older director and a younger actress um, when you know what the writer was doing. Mm. Um, it, it definitely does affect that. Uh, to go outside of that, I, nothing really swing, comes to mind because I don't know of a whole lot of like, you know, Magica uh, having weird bad stuff come out i mean i i know the reputation of attack on titan but that's not an experience i've had personally so um i think anytime like, I, there's definitely stuff i like look back at a different kind of attitude i'll definitely at some point in life have to re-examine all of one piece to sort of reevaluate the way that like be a man and things like that are kind of addressed throughout the series recognizing that oda has had some kind of odd friendships over the years and things like that there's definitely some of that to maybe look at maybe not in a judgmental no i should say judgmental lens but like just looking at it in a way of like i wonder if this maybe explains a couple things about you know why he holds some of the company he does and things like that but i mean the biggest example would be roni kench i just can't read it anymore because i'm just like oh man there were a lot of like really young female characters in that series and mm. i don't want to go back and have to revisualize any of it with the information i have now yes okay so uh i don't know moving on from there finally as your request in the episode dobby is toya if the cast of all your regular series were in an 80s slasher film oh, fuck yeah who would live Oh, I'm so excited for it. Uh, all right. So should we do this like if each series was a slasher film, who would be the last survivor? Or I think we could do it with a lot of different ways. So I think the easiest way to do it is just if all the series were characters in an 80s slasher film, who's living? One Which Piece is, def- is living? One Piece is not living because One Piece is like the, the stoner dude. Like, it's having too okay. much fun with itself. It doesn't take the situation serious. It's like, what are you talking about? There's no way an axe murderer is right behind me. And then fucking axe through the penis. Just bam, just right there. And, he's, and then they're dead. Uh, My Hero Academia wouldn't make it because uh, they would try to be like, uh, what was it? Was it Exhibit who fought Michael Myers? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But not they wouldn't survive like he did. Yeah, he tries tries to show him down. Like, let's go, bitch. Let's take this. And then fucking axe through the penis. Um Dr. Stone would be, you know, like the nerd character, like, oh, let's figure this out and do research and stuff, but and they would get close to uh saving the day, but then they would get killed before, you know, at the worst possible moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh Black Clover is the fucking dumb bitch from the first Scream movie who thought she'd escape through the house via the pet door and the garage door. Like, you fucking deserve to die. Like, who? you can't possibly have thought that was a great idea. Like, the moment you got halfway through, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to die. I'm just done. Magu-chan would try and see the good in the heart of the killer. Uh, and we and uh, we just cut away from the scene when this happens, so you don't know if they actually died or not. But you never see them in the rest of the film. So you know, just, just but but you can't actually show them being killed off because it would be too gross and horrible for to happen to such an innocent character. Uh, I would argue uh, Ayakashi or not Ayakashi uh, Magu Chan's the only one that survives. Because it's, it's I was going to say the elusive samurai. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just because it keeps running. 
it gets to the cop, it gets to the car, just drives off. So you never the see them again, but you're like, they got out of there. They leave in Act One. <laughs> they just drive out. But of that's town. that's that's where in fucking Axe Penis Murderer Two. <laughs> You just it opens with a crashed car and someone's like, What how'd it happen? And then there's an axe through a loose samurai's penis and they're like, That son of a bitch ain't dead and he's coming for everyone who survived. Like the loose samurai is the one who leaves in act one and they're like, Oh, they abandoned us. Did they really get away? And then when the cops show up at the very end, they're the one who he went and got the police. <laughs> oh, that's the best moment in get out. You really are terrified for a moment. And then you find out there's an alternate ending where it actually was the police, the police, and they arrest the guy. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god! People were who post that are like, I like this ending better. It's like I noticed that you're white. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're saying that. Um, I tell uh, C I is I the tell C would be a horrible enabler. <laughs> Get him! I tripped him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now we can be together. <laughs> I greased her shoes. Get her. <laughs> Oh man, the cover's almost up. And nine <laughs> nine balls dragon prey died at the start. You're just like, oh, it's such potential. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Robico, you never find out what happens to them. <laughs> They're just like, I don't know, maybe they died. I don't know though. <laughs> well, me and Robico are the the fucking. It's the dude from Lady in the Water the writer who narrates their own death because they're like, I'm so meta aware and smart that I can't possibly die. At this point, I'll be gracefully saved before I inevitably make my dead fucking just penis through the, or ax through the penis out of nowhere. A uh, high school family looks like they're going to make it through the film. And then I show up in the movie and shoot them. <laughs> I don't know what happens to Ayakashi triangle though. It dies. It's, it's too busy fucking and being horny okay. the whole time. It's, it's what happens to what about Mashal? Oh, Mashal, I guess, has to make it. Well, Mashal's so parody that it comes to that point of, like, is it the one silly character in a serious movie, or is it the silly character in a silly movie? Because I feel like Mashal's chances are different in, like, a Freddy Krueger-style movie than it is in, like, a Ginger Dead Man movie or whatever, where you're just like, oh, like, this is a dumb series with dumb stuff happening. You're probably gonna die in that one, but I think it would make it out of of like an actual horror movie. Okay, so we can say that Mashal and Magu are the last two left. Yeah, and it looks like the killer's gonna finish them both off, but then the cops show up because the elusive samurai ran away in Act One, which is weird. Cops. I don't know what the cops are gonna do against the person who can magically summon axes into your crotch. <laughs> like it's, I don't know what you do, but you know. I, all right, so there you go. <laughs> That was fun to go through. <laughs> this embodying series is horror movie victims. <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, do we want to wrap it up there or do one last question? Uh, I guess let's do one last question so we at least get everything that was asked on this one day. Uh, I'll finish up. All so. right. This is from Loom Ranmayasha. Hi, Nukutaku, God of Time, and Rolokoti. Here are some questions that might make for a good laugh and then some other ones. Uh, first question, what are some of the jokes in manga or any other medium that always make you laugh? Like every time you hear slash read the joke, even though you know it come, it's coming, it never fails to make you bust a gut. Oh, I'm at a loss, but I know one that, that works on you. I mean, it's it's been happening every time the fucking dude in Nine Balls Dragon Parade fucking talks to a wall or like a fucking <laughs> <laughs> like walks into something. It's such a stupid joke, but it has worked on me every single time. 
See, I was going to bring up Toons is the Cat. I mean, but that, oh, I guess that isn't any media. I mean, Toons is the Cat it enhances every time I see it. Because at first it's just like, ha, ha, ha. I remember liking it. And then I just see how silly and stupid it is. Like, it's a cat who can drive a car, but not very well. And then, like, they went and did rehearsals for it. They went and, like, pitched it to a room. Knowing how fucking ruthless like saturday night live writing rooms were at the time and how much scrutiny there was that someone was like yeah it's a cat he could drive a car but not very well and lorne michaels was like mm, yes go with it <laughs> it made it to air it's such a stupid foolish In multiple joke. segments <laughs> exactly it's the same thing i love foolishness so much so like the the conan o'brien joke i always think of is when he used to be like and uh, we're now uh being aired on nyc uh san santa fe so to everybody who's picked up this new news network i want you to know that we're always going to come here on late night with coda brian with the utmost sincerity to deliver you topical well-researched hilarious humor in a digestible way isn't that right cactus chef plane we didn't start the fire <laughs> on a flute and it just cuts over to a fucking cactus they put a chef's hat on and glued a flute to and you just hear like do, 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 do. and it's so stupid it's so fucking foolish but every time i'm like that is exactly my comedy it is so foolish but i love it oh boy i'm sure that if i thought of that if i came across a joke later that I, that always makes me laugh i'm like oh right yeah this always makes me laugh but i it, it's one of those things like it's I, it's just not coming to me right now i'm yeah. sorry uh question two chris recently mentioned it more that they found themselves enjoying several jump comedies like mitama roboco and even high school family more after they found their groove in the past few chapters are there any non-comedy manga or tv shows that you guys find painfully and funny at the start but weren't managed to warm up to over time so before I answer that, I just want to quickly address the more part. I'll also probably address it mm -hmm. next week as well when we do a regular episode. But uh, if in case you're curious, I started up a new thing on our Patreon called Monthly Other Recap or M-O-R More. So in it, I will talk about all the other series in Jump that we don't currently talk about on the recap. Uh, it's just a solo thing. It's also not replaced anything. It's just something to additionally do. Anyone who's a patron at any level can access it. It's going to be something I'll be doing monthly towards the start of the month. So if you're interested, check that out. The first episode's on there. Uh, and in it, I did mention a couple series like Mitama, Roboco. And I even mentioned how I've actually been kind of enjoying High School Family more recently. Uh, to the question, non-comedy, manga, or TV shows that were painfully and funny at the start, but warmed up to over time. Non-recap uh, comedy. Yeah, so. non-recap comedy. Um... I think every single comedy TV show I've ever watched has been absolute dog shit in the first season. The Office, fucking awful. Parks and Rec's first seasons, terrible. It's rough. Yeah. Community, dog shit. Like the, all of those shows had really, really bad first seasons where it took them a while to figure out like any ground to stand. Like The Simpsons, probably my number one show of all time. The first season is barely watchable. It has almost none of the jokes you enjoy in it. So, like, I think almost every comedy is that way, where it takes a couple, like, mm. seasons to get into it. Scrubs, also another one that was like, ah, at the start, it really didn't have exactly the footing it needed or, you know, things like that. So, I would say almost every comedy. Um, the, uh, hang on, run, I gotta look this up real quick. This is it fucking called? I can't remember. Uh, right, right, right. So... Um, Nicole and I did not get through uh, the first season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm. Like it's it, the first season was just not hooking us, and uh, as a result of that, 
we have not watched any of the rest of it, which I understand is where it is actually funny. But because like the first season, just like just didn't yeah. want to watch it until like until uh, Danny DeVito Danny comes DeVito. in. It's a different thing, you know. It's just I think that's how pretty much every comedy works, though. Is generally it's a lot of nervousness at the start. You don't know what you're going to be able to get away with. You haven't really built up identities for your characters yet. So like the really great episodes usually pay off things that you've kind of built up for your characters. And I just don't think you can do that to start. Plus that's where the most executive meddling is, you know, where they're mm. just like, Hey, uh, we think Leslie Nope needs to be more. She basically needs to be like Will Ferrell, but with the vagina. And then eventually later on, somebody's like, how about she actually be an admirable character? And they're like, I guess harumph. You can make it if you think you can make that funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see you try and we'll give you one eighth of the budget. And then sometimes they make it work. But like, I'm trying to think of a comedy that I love from the first season that didn't already mm -hmm. come from somebody who like, like I liked um, Avenue five, but that came from Mike Judge, who's had or no, not Mike Judge. Sorry, um, but it came from the same like a lot of the same team that did Veep which was basically the same thing already on HBO. So it really didn't have like that struggle it had to do, but even Veep something where I'm like the first season of Veep isn't amazing. It gets great later on, but the first season of that's a little bit rough too. Yeah, no, I get you. And yeah, you're totally right about Parks and Recreation. Like it's, and it's not just, Oh, because the first season is like, you know, the, uh, not fully realized half season. No, the second season is also kind of rough uh, around the edges too. Yeah. And yeah. I remember Mark. And, uh, Come then on. They, then they completely changed the cast up and uh, got a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? We lost Mark. Oh, no. Not Van Dan. No, not funny character. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right. Uh, sorry. Did you have for some manga examples? Uh, we have covered some show stuff on the on the on the recap, which were not recap series that if we had only covered the first several chapters of, I would have probably been not into Kaguya. Um, would have like I think it takes a while for it to kind of settle in. And uh, Nagatoro is uh, not a good, not good for the first couple of chapters. Mm -hmm. It's very uncomfortable, and then eventually I started to find it funny. Yeah. So, all right. Recently, there was a Twitter debate about who would win, the Akatsuki or the Seven Warlords, and people were wondering what the matchups would be. What matchups do you think would be most interesting, and which group do you think would win overall? So the first matchup that has to happen, and I'm going with the classic seven warlords setup that basically was what the group was prior to crocodile's defeat um okay. the so number one and moria and hancock and uh Jim, doflamingo jimbei doflamingo uh, kuma okay. uh mihawk and uh i think that's everybody i think that's everyone yeah uh the number one match that has to happen is conan versus hancock because girl <laughs> it's just i don't make the rules guys it's just how it has to happen and unfortunately i actually don't remember what conan does <laughs> so, she, has, like, she has origami paper powers i don't know who wins that fight it's a wash because <laughs> hancock can't make her fall in love with her mm. because we know that she's but she can kick things really hard she can kick things really hard, though. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's, it it's a wash. Both of them. Yeah, fine. They, they, they both like punch each other off of a fucking like a log and fall into the water, and they're out. Um, hmm. Do any of? Yes, they do. So I was trying to I was trying to remember if any one of the uh, Akatsuki have water powers. And yeah, like two of them do. So there's Kisame and also Kukuzu has a water using heart. 
because he's got each of the five elements. Yeah. So that would neutralize Crocodile. Well, I, I'm not trying to match them. I was trying to, like, like I'm not trying to counter people, per se, because I was almost thinking, like, oh, well, Jinbei will have to fight Kisame because then they're, like, water people fighting each other. Yeah, gotcha. But if you're trying to, like, neutralize people, I mean... Well, there's more Akatsuki than there are warlords, so... Yeah, but there's a couple who are pretty lame. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even include Zetsu when I think about Akatsuki. Because I'm like, I don't But know he even... was the final one, and he was secretly <laughs> working for <laughs> Um, I would like at least... Power? He had clones. <laughs> That's all you need. Uh, in a series where the main powers, the main characters establish power is how they make clones of themselves. <laughs> It's very special. Only two. You know what? It's it's sort of like being uh, in in Black Clover, and you're like, wait, you could use two magic at the same time. Oh my god, this must be an incredibly rare and powerful thing. Like you think, um, because I almost think it'd be kind of interesting, like, um, Moria against like Hidan, I guess, because it's a shadow person against somebody who was, I guess, defeated by shadows in another universe. But like, how would it go? I feel like the answer is going to be Akatsuki because Naruto's power basis is on a little bit of a higher scale than One Piece's, at least at that time. Mm-hmm. Like One Piece's later on when Blackbeard gets involved, probably shifts the scale. Although they do have Kuma, who's just fucking broken. And might honestly yeah, be the could num- just, like teleport everyone away. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> and, say he could just keep... crush them one by one. <laughs> yeah, that might be the only thing that kind of separates. Although Pain's kind of crazy broken if he has all of his like seven fucking zombie things or whatever. But then I guess Doflamingo can fucking enslave an entire you know country with his power at once and turn everyone to zombies. So that kind of counteracts that. I feel like. If we were measuring the seven warlords by the power level that they have, they had demonstrated at the time that they were the seven warlords, then we would probably give it to the Akatsuki. But if we get to like the end of One Piece and then we know how powerful all seven of them actually were, then we would probably give it to them. Yeah, that feels like a good way of phrasing it. Just because, like, each of the ones that have stuck around have remained important to some degree or another. And some of them, we've probably seen the limits of their power, but we definitely haven't seen the limits of all of their powers. So, uh, question four: you guys mentioned in your favorite anime openings podcast that your guys' list would change if asked two weeks later. Well, it's been much longer than that. So are there been any updates or additions you'd like to make to your favorite opening list? If you made them now, I'd imagine there would be, I can't think of them off the top of my head. Um, but there's definitely some that I've been that I've been listening to a lot more. Uh, I suppose that's a list we could end up updating at some point, though. Ten more favorite anime <laughs> yeah. openings. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one I'll name for it right now is that because uh, you know the season recently aired the uh, the last season of Doctor Stone had a very catchy, cool opening. So yeah. Uh, and number five, similarly, similarly, what are your guys' favorite anime endings? And I'd hate to end on a non-answer, but I think that's actually a mm-hmm. list we're considering for a future top ten. So I don't think it would be prudent yes. of us to give all that away now. But I can at least say on my end, uh, Lost in Paradise is probably going to be on there because that's one of the few that I like listen to regularly. Obviously, number one, though, is the poker app. So. Oh, shit, if that counts, that's got to be on there. Fuck. It's an anime ending. Oh, wait, Viridian City, though, because that was an anime ending to a certain extent. I'm on the road to Viridian City. Oh, well, Viridian City, home oh, Viridian City. Oh, 
to Viridian City. Come on, let's go. Team Rockets rocking. <laughs> Rocket trouble, big trouble. trouble. <laughs> I can't believe they made a whole album. <laughs> fucking of fucking bangers. That's how you're gonna finish that sentence. I d- I don't think any of them are bad. Well, Misty song. I don't even remember. Well, no, that's from song. the musical. I don't think that counts. Okay, so the Pokemon musical has some really weird, questionable songs. So yeah, I don't I don't really know Misty's song, but uh, I'll I'll I'm sure if I heard it, I'd be like, oh yeah, this sucked. But but also there is uh there's a there's a song for like the Pokemon musical, which was like a, a stage show where Giovanni sings about conquering the world. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It will all be mine. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I want it right now. Inject it right into my veins. So there you go, guys. Go look up all the Pokemon uh, stuff that was made uh, when four kids uh, had the dub. Anyway, yeah. so that is going to do it for our Q&A episode. Thank you guys so much for joining in. And thank you guys for sending in your questions. Uh, you can add them onto the Weekly Manga Recap Google Doc, which is maintained by Ninja X3i, which is also where we keep track of series that have been recommended to us, favorites and MVPs and all that stuff. Go check that out. Check out the aforementioned Discord server. Participate with the community for stuff like uh, uh, Among Us games on Saturday mornings. And uh, we want to thank guys who support our Patreon, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. You can check out all of our regular episodes of weekly manga recap.podbean.com on our YouTube channel, on Spotify, and on iTunes. I think that's everything. Okay. And yeah. Uh, we will be back next week with a regular episode. Uh, we'll have a lot of manga to talk about because there's been manga that's come out uh, in this past week that we're going to have to save until then. And uh, we should also be talking about Undead Unluck. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's going to do it, everybody. Goodbye.